The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is worth $68.8 billion, but not a dollar more, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm okay with that number. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> if I'm ever able to get $68.8 billion, uh, I'll give you part of it, I promise. No, I, I want all of it. You said I'm worth all of it. Well, yeah, but, oh. you know, capitalism. <laughs> don't don't tell your beneficiaries that. True, <laughs> true. Uh, and that, that mysterious third voice is, of course, you know, the Don father of PSVG himself. Donnie Reese, welcome to the show, sir. Greetings, Kooplings. What's going on? You know... Pretty big seismic news in the world of video games, and obviously we couldn't have a podcast without Donnie here to to talk us through all of these things. Because uh, board game listeners, uh, sorry, this is gonna be a very video game focused show this week. <laughs> because basically, so, I don't know what we could say the biggest news in the history of video games since I've been born, probably or close to, happened this week with you know Microsoft basically deciding that hey, we could just afford to buy Activision Blizzard for almost $70 billion of cash money. Cash. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk more about that in a little bit. But we wanted to get Donnie here because uh, Donnie has been very outspoken on his feelings on this tr- transaction, if you would. And uh, we're going to have some good, fun conversations about it moving forward. So we're looking forward to it. But with that, before we get into the show proper, we, of course, have to have a little pregame. Um, and this was interesting because... The partner and I were having a conversation this weekend, you know, the, one of those philosophical conversations of if if you had to get rid of every fast food restaurant in the world but one, you know, oh. what would be the one fast food restaurant you would save? And, of course, my question then became, well, like, would I have access to this restaurant? Because, like, if I were to pick, like, a West Coast chain, like, that wouldn't do me any good, right? Like, but, you know, she's like, no, you could have access to it. But I didn't want to put us under that quite much pressure. But I did want to have a conversation, gentlemen, about best fast food restaurants like top two or three for you but also worst fast food restaurants like what should just kind of maybe you know see itself out if you would at this point um so you know not sure if either of you have a strong feeling on this but if you do feel free to jump in best or worst fast food restaurants what we got what's your definition of fast food are we talking like strictly drive-through restaurants you know, this was one of the conversations that we had as well, because when you get into fast food, that becomes a gray area, right? Like, What is an RPG? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What is an Everything RPG? Everything is fast food. <laughs> uh, I think for the most part, we're kind of like, if you don't get served, right? Like if somebody doesn't bring, sure. traditionally bring the food to the table. If you can get it without leaving your car. Yes and no, because there are places that like, you know... I would consider like most, at least for us, most of our like burrito places like Chipotle, I would consider that fast food, but they don't have drive-thrus, mm. you know? My Chipotle so, has a drive-thru. 
oh ours none around here do so like man i wish they did oh that'd be so nice so yeah, yeah so you would love I, to wait in line for 30 minutes so you can get a burrito <laughs> <laughs> so i would say you know i'm not gonna be too strict about that whatever you if you feel as fast food yeah. you know if unless we have a huge like disagreement about it Can't you know follow it, your heart but i know it when i see it exactly right? exactly um i'm gonna go with chick-fil-a as best and i mean it's really hard because there's a lot of really good places but i'll i'll go with zaxby's is worst Ooh, okay okay so i i do want to ask really quickly here donnie you went with chick-fil-a as best i mean they really only do one thing and you're cool with that of being like best fast food is that they just do a thing i immediately thought taco bell but they mm-hmm. only do one thing. And what I what I immediately went to was if I could only have one, which one would I be okay with like settling on just forever? And yeah. it's definitely Chick-fil-A. I don't think I could settle on just eating Taco Bell forever. Like that would that would make it <laughs> that would make it much worse. Um but Chick-fil-A is a really good quality of food. You know, they do the chicken, but they do the best chicken. And uh, you know, they've got sides, they got chicken soup, they got salads, got the parfait. Cinnamon rolls. They get uh, macaroni and cheese down here. You can get mac and cheese at Chick-fil-A. Mm. Well, I just hope you're not hungry on Sunday then, Donnie. That's it. Yeah, you can't do the Sunday stuff. Well, he can fast on Sunday. Come on, <laughs> sure, I'm eating Chick-fil-A all week. <laughs> I like the club. I like the spicy sandwich. Like, yeah, like they're just, it's good. You know, like I don't think I'm ever like not in the mood for Chick-fil-A. Like that always sounds good. It's good. Nice. Josh, thoughts? Uh, Dairy Queen? Because you Ooh. have way more options. It's not Ooh. bad. That's and they have, that, they have that like flame something burger, which is nice and spicy, which I like. And you can get a blizzard. <clears throat> Followed by like five guys is a good second like for that. Like Josh, you get that a Dairy nice smash burger. Dairy Queen's a solid pick. That is a I really don't know solid what Zaxby's pick. is. I've never heard of it before. Zaxby's <laughs> is a chicken chain that does, um, they do wings. They do, hmm. um, you know, chicken fingers, chicken gloves, chicken salads and stuff like that. Uh, my family loves Zaxby's to the point that I hate Zaxby's. It's so <laughs> damn yeah. salty. It's so salty. It is Kevin Austin levels of salt in every meal. And I Ooh. just, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Nice. Josh, what's worse then? What's the worst fast food restaurant? If I'm going to be honest with you, it's any, any fast food restaurant that just can't get their stuff together. It can be anybody at any given moment. It can be McDonald's one day. It can be Burger King the next day. The worst fast food restaurant is the one that you have to wait more than 10 minutes for your food, and it's wrong. Okay. But if you had to remove a chain, though, if you were like, I'm okay with a chain, specific chain going away, which chain would you be most okay with never eating at again? Uh, Shoot. I guess... If I had to pick one, gun to my head, uh, Wendy's. Oh, really? no. Oh, no. Yeah. Wendy's? No. Objection. I don't care for, <laughs> I don't care too much about the Frosty. I don't think their hamburgers are done well. Um, their fries are only good when they're hot. Look at this hot takes just one after the other. I know, right? The, Browns, number this one. This is for Doc. <laughs> with their new guarantee, their fries are always hot, or you get new ones for free. They're amazing. Yeah, and how many how many people are going to go through with it? Once you get ten minutes know. back to your house, yeah, and you're like, oh no, my fries are cold. Lemonade. I might as well drive back out to Wendy's and get my guarantee. Oh no! 
I would vent, I would actually argue that of like the big burger chains of McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, that Wendy's has by far the best burgers. I, you know, it's not even really close to me. You left out a disclaimer where this was the judgment zone. <laughs> <laughs> I missed I, that part. <laughs> hey, you are welcome to your opinion. What Josh. is your you definitive worst restaurant? <laughs> you know, I, I will give Josh some credit here i did not take into consideration the level of service that i've received from a particular chain i was strictly thinking of just menu uh i won't go back to my local burger king because of how awful it's been i go to a further a one away so i'll change my pick my worst one is sonic oh Oh, okay yeah i can see that i no longer eat at sonic's like i have gone to multiple sonic's uh over the course of years and cannot cannot get my order right ever cannot order anything without mayonnaise at sonic it is impossible (laughs) to ask them to give me anything that is not covered in mayonnaise um i was gonna say if you suddenly like opted out of chick-fil-a i was gonna be like that can't be true they have like the best service of just about any fast food place like not even close they always oh my gosh they crush it they got shakes too it's good stuff yeah josh that wendy's pick really threw me off i'm sorry I just really enjoy Wendy's. It's not like the one you I'm going to save. But like, I, I didn't say nobody should eat at Wendy's. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just saying. I, I'm just sad that you that your Wendy's experiences have been have been that disappointing more than anything. No, no. I just it's not disappointing experiences. I just don't like the food as much as I like elsewhere. OK. Well, you did pick the dairy. That dairy queen pick is solid. They got baked potatoes. Um, yeah, but I don't get those when I go to fast food restaurants. I get those at restaurants. Actually, you know what? I might change my pick to Wendy's. I might change both my picks. I'm going to go with a well, Wendy's you know in then My Sonic favorite Al. restaurant is that weird one you mentioned. Zaxby's? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite restaurant. Zaxby's. You know why? Because um, they have everything. <laughs> I think for me, this was tough because I was, you know, we've been having this discussion. My my gut instinct was to pick Chipotle because I absolutely love Chipotle. Uh, yeah. But I also am currently in a situation where the nearest Chipotle is like an hour and 20 minutes from me. So like I'd never have it. So I think that played a little bit into my gut reaction to immediately go with that because I'm like, well, I just never can get it. Uh, but I do think for me, if I was going to pick like I probably would pick Culver's. I don't even know yeah, what I don't that even is. Know what that is. I would say so. Culver's is a <laughs> is definitely an upper Midwest chain, uh, but they do butter burgers and cu- and frozen custard. Okay, we have a place so, like that. We it's called Freddy's. Yep, it's like Freddy's, but I okay. think we also have Freddy's. <laughs> I prefer Culver's to Freddy's pretty significantly. Okay, um, they have cheese curds, like it's a Wisconsin based outfit. So cheese curds, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, but I I absolutely love Culver's when it comes to like best fast food burger. Uh, for me, they are definitely in the running. They definitely do a more of a smash burger style burger, um, but oh, really, really enjoy it. Um, so that would be up there. Uh, Taco Bell is definitely up there, just because purely because of cheesy gordita crunches. Yeah, uh, well, they are delicious and amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one that would be in the running for me would definitely be Portillos because I just really love Portillos. Don't know what that is either. Uh, Portillos is a they're most well known for their Chicago style hot dogs and Italian beefs. Thinking a lot of beefs with Italian people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. We don't Uh, like the Godfather here. (laughs) uh, As far as worst fast food restaurant, though, and maybe this is just because I haven't eaten at one in forever, but have zero desire to. And the only other time it's not Wendy's. uh, The only times I ever have eaten there is pretty like underwhelming to me is KFC. Really? Oh, no. 
Yeah, because I think I yeah. can get way better chicken. Uh, at this is on the bar with his Windows video pick. games coming in <laughs> as our t- typical hot takes, where the we just like what have, everyone else likes. <laughs> they have mashed potatoes and gravy alone I, gets them out of the category. Yeah, but for me, when I want fast food, I do not want mashed potatoes and gravy. Right. I will there's I how many other fast food off they even offer the option. Like, like it's just, they're just better than other people because of that. But being like, hey, this kind of fast food place has bad mashed potatoes and gravy oh, because no one still, else does. Man, it doesn't make them good. Biscuits. How does oh. your own medicine taste, Kyle? No, it's fine. It's fine because I feel very <laughs> confident in this pick. You shouldn't. That's, that's, I do. You need to I, run away from your, that feeling. Your feelings are. <laughs> do you want to change your pick again, Donnie? Do you want to? They're leading you astray. No, I wouldn't go with KFC the best by no means, but the worst? No, not a close. KFC is firmly above several others in my opinion, including Burger King and McDonald's, for sure. If you want that specific food, I agree with you that it is very good. Well, the only fast food I, restaurants where you can get like a family dinner, like like an actual yeah, meal. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't ever really consider them as fast food. I know that they are, but like I agree with Kyle to the extent that when I think of a meal like that, I think of like a sit-down restaurant. Sure. And you're paying about the same amount of money anyways, so you're getting a little bit better quality. And also, it could be the reason. Depending on where you eat. (laughs) I never really need to get like family fast food. So that definitely could influence my decision there. Cause like when I go, it's it's like, well, I don't know. Like you are a chicken place that has like one of the worst chicken sandwiches out there in the sense of that, like, cause wouldn't you agree though that like the Chick fil A chicken sandwich is better than a KFC chicken sandwich? Without a question. So it's like, but the burger chicken sandwich is better than Chick fil A. I like that. The Burger King chicken sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A. That's heresy. I I will say, Josh sold me on... Josh was like, hey, you got to try this. I tried it. It is a pretty good chicken sandwich. (laughs) It really is. I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's better than Chick-fil-A, but it was surprisingly good. The question wasn't as good. He... His statement was, it's the best. (laughs) It It is the best. It is the best on the movie. But I was going to say... better than Popeye's. Not having the family to treat. You know, you're just like, yeah, we're going to go to Chipotle. We're going to get these you know, cut vegetables. We're going to take our time. We're yeah. going to stand in line and all that. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, sometimes exactly. you need a uh, you need a meal. You need a bucket of chicken <laughs> and sides. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll move on here because we do have a lot to talk about. But listener, best fast food restaurants, worst fast food restaurants. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you as well and what you think. Uh, so with that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and the PSVG Podcast Network uh, is doing some awesome stuff. So we really encourage you to check out the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, Dollar Cinema, and anything else we decide that we want to post someday. Because you never know. With us, new things are always coming out. We're making decisions about what we want to do. So go ahead and check out all those other awesome podcasts we're also a member of the dice hour podcast network so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world we encourage you to check out the dice tower podcast as well as all the other members of the network no matter what type of board games you enjoy there's a podcast on the network that's right for you i'm gonna make myself a note and i'm gonna rework this psvg part because i can't get it to be the <laughs> way i like it i don't know what the deal is just so hard since we that. changed i know it's so hard since we changed uh but with that we're gonna move on talk a little bit about what we've been playing Donnie is the guest, sir. I've been very interested. I've seen you on your PS5 a whole bunch, which is surprising. Yeah. It's creepy. So, well, He's like, I've been he, watching you. 
<laughs> because you've been showing us that you've been playing on your PS5. <laughs> so what, what have you been playing, sir? What have you been up to? I can't talk about it. Okay, under, well, that was exciting. It's under embargo. I'm, I'm, I'm playing a game that I've played before on PlayStation 5. What can you say be? that? You can say that <laughs> out loud. Um, you know, I, I will say I've played my PS5 a bunch just in general in the last month or so. Um, I feel like I was, for all of my fall blockbusters, I was playing, you know, Series X, Series X, Series X, one after the other. And after I kind of got through with them, I'm waiting to get into uh, Dying Light here, here hmm. soon. And uh, I wanted to just start playing some stuff. So powered on the PS5, got my updates and everything going in and uh, started playing some games. Uh, benefit to Kev Pass, I did check out Riders Republic. Did not like that. That took me all uh. 20 minutes to uninstall. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't digging that at all. Um, <laughs> I did play Chorus. <laughs> For about five hours and was digging that quite huh. a bit. Chorus is pretty good and it's a beautiful game. Um, a bit like Starlink, very open, very like just kind of fly around space, going a bunch of different directions to a bunch of different waypoints. Not exactly what I kind of in the mood for, but played it enough. Like I, I was digging it enough that I stuck with it for like a, I had like a nice day long session with Chorus. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Maybe one day I'll come back to this. I wouldn't tell people I wouldn't urge them to go out and get it. But it strikes me as one of those types of games that when it comes to Game Pass or when it comes to PlayStation Plus, and I think it probably inevitably will one day, that it'll kind of pop. It'll kind of get like that, you know, that small but vocal group that's like, hey, this game's pretty good. You know, I think that game is destined for that because it is pretty good. It's not an amazing story. I feel like left most most to be desired. You know, you, it really just kind of is like, you know, X-Wing you know, space flight simulator, but it's good at it. In that regard, it's really, really good at it. If it was a Star Fox game, it would have been awesome. Um, it's really beautiful. I can't, I got to say that uh, again, took a lot of screenshots just flying around. Like it's yeah. really pretty. And you see the sun come off of, you know, like the rings around like this Jupiter planet in the sky and stuff. You're like, man, this is, this is great. Um, so did that, played some super monkey ball. And then, uh, yeah, I've sunk about 20 hours into a game that I've already played before on PlayStation 5. <laughs> that i just can't talk about so we know what it is it's okay i will tell you this it's excellent and yeah, yeah, it makes me way more excited for another game that i've already played on playstation mm. to re-release on playstation again like makes me very excited i'm like i can't wait to play that game i've already played a bunch of times again so and i'm gonna pay extra to do it <laughs> so yeah they nailed it it's good stuff play tendo <laughs> Gotcha. Anything else you want to talk about that you've been playing, Donnie? Um. Oh, over on over on Xbox, I'm playing Max Payne. So the original Max Payne. Yeah, I've been playing that um, alongside. You know, just like again, I'm just waiting for Dying Light, so I'm just kind of playing stuff. I'm playing Hot Shots. Thanks. Or I mean, Hot Shots. Um, Hot Wheels. Thanks to thanks to Josh. I've been scrolling around doing those, those races. The game's tough. Yes, and, it is. <laughs> um, I've been playing Max Payne, which came to backwards compatibility with their last update um, over on Xbox. They're running a backwards compatibility sale. I hope it's still going on. I think it's still going on. Yeah. And um, I had wishlisted a bunch of games that I wanted to get. I just didn't want to buy full price for them. And they were all like half off. So I just bought them all. I bought Max Payne one, two and three. I bought several others. I don't remember a bunch of Tomb Raider stuff. Time um, just some old stuff. Time splitters. Yeah, I bought both of those. And um, Max Payne, the first one is excellent. It is excellent. It's got the four times resolution like boost that they gave. It looks super sharp. It's on par with 
like the Turok remasters and the Quake remasters. So if you're out there and you like it has the it still looks retro and it's got its blocky graphics, but they're super sharp and clear. Um, so it's got that going for it. Almost looks like a remaster. It doesn't fully fit the screen. You still got um, you know, the black bars. Um, yeah. but on my 65 inch TV, it fills up most of the screen. So it's not like small or anything. It's pretty big. And uh yeah, I'm through like, I don't know, 25 chapters in that so far. And uh, just having a blast, like just old school nostalgia. It made me remember like how cool I thought it was back in the day when you could go into a building in a game, like you went to a door yeah. and the door opened. I was like, man, this is wild. Or the <laughs> first time I went to a soda machine and hit a button and a can popped. I was like, whoa, look at this. <laughs> Games have come so far. Um, plus, you know, there's the Twin Peaks references and stuff that's all in yeah. there. Which is super fun, which I think I definitely have more appreciation now. Than I did the first time I played. I don't think I ever caught any of that the first time around. So yeah, just just playing some stuff, holding the fort down until I get into Dying Light. So yeah, very cool. Josh, what have you been playing, sir? Well, I kind of feel like Donnie a little bit. I'm I'm kind of just waiting for Horizon, and I keep not wanting to jump into a full game. Don't want to commit to anything. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, because I know what will happen, but I mean. I might as well commit and just not finish what I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> um, played Wingspan again on PC with um, Lucas and Kevin. We finished a full game. It was like two hours long, <laughs> uh, but that was a lot of fun. Still enjoying that game a lot digitally. Um, uh, still playing Halo Infinite. I'm, I'm officially like over that hump. I'm back into it and I'm enjoying it. And I'm in the middle of a story mission now where I'm progressing the story a bit. Um but I did find myself just kind of doing all the like rescuing the teams that are captured and, and taking over the fobs. Like I'm back into like feeling good and I'm really just, I fully upgraded my grapple. So now I just use it for everything as Super often right. as I can. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm enjoying it now, but I definitely under, I definitely feel and understand the criticism um, that it's getting as far as the sameness like a lot of that world, it's very pretty, but it does like everywhere you go uh, until you get to like important spots look very similar to everywhere you've gone already, which is fine. Like I'm just grappling up mountains everywhere I go. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's definitely one where kind of like the first horizon where I look at it and I go, this is good, but like yeah. the next one will be much better. You know, like I, that's the I very that was like my takeaway from Halo Infinite. I don't sure. know if we can have Infinite 2. <laughs> like it's just no, you can't. infinite but like the <laughs> next asterisk infinite, yeah uh will be much much better because like the the bones are there um, yeah you just haven't fully fleshed it out yep yeah it makes sense and i mean they are on halo after all so like it is generally terraformed to be a specific way so it's just a portion you're on um uh based off Dottie's recommendation i did get pistol whip for the oculus Ooh. quest 2 it was on sale uh, what was interesting was I think I bought it like four days ago and it never installed. And then I was trying to figure out why. And I found I, I ran into a common Oculus Quest hiccup where a game got stuck in installing for days and it just won't install. So I had to hard reboot my Oculus today Ooh. Uh, and then reinstall every game I had on there, um, which wasn't great um but i did i made sure pistol whip installed first so i could play it <laughs> uh, and yeah i didn't really know what to expect when donnie was like it's like beat saber and blood and truth 
but it, it is like Beat Saber and Blood and Truth. John Wick uh, Beat Saber. <laughs> it is. It actually, um, I just started right with the campaign and it was like, maybe don't do this experts only. And I was like, it'll be fine. Uh, I didn't do any of the tutorial or training. So I started the, the, it does have arcade mode and campaign and a couple other modes. I didn't get too in depth. Um, but yeah, you're fighting robots, uh, with only one gun. I was, I kept, I didn't know what to do with my left hand. I just had it behind my back because <laughs> you only have one gun, but, um, it's on rails but you do feel like you're moving uh, and you are attacking these robots that are coming at you to the beat of a track in the background. Uh, even to the fact where originally I didn't even pick up on that was what was happening. It didn't happen until the second act of the campaign where I felt like my heart rate was at 152 when I was done uh, because it had me, dodging bullets and strafing walls. I had to literally move like four steps to the left and right, not realizing it was tracking like my movement movement, like more than Beat Saber. So I kept like crashing into a pillar and killing myself, realizing I had to move in my living room. And I was like, oh no, my guardian, I, I didn't have, I don't have a big enough guardian. I'm going to like hit a couch and flip over. Uh, but it was a lot of fun and the, the shooting feels really good and satisfying. The second level in the campaign I did not like because you don't have any bullets in your gun, so you have to punch everyone and dodge every bullet, and it was uh, a good cardio workout <laughs> that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the music. It's very EDM-y, techno-y. Reminds me of the, the station I listen to in Forza um, Hospital Radio as I'm like jumping through the, the area in Mexico. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun. I can't wait to play more time with it. Uh, great recommendation. It's one of my most fun VR experiences. It's really, really rad game. And, yeah, very uh, cool. Really transports you, like kind of into it. And uh, yeah, I just, I really dug that one. Um, I think for for most of the ones that I've played, you know, Beat Saber notwithstanding, for most of like that kind of the extras that I've played, that one has always kind of stuck with me. I'm like, I really like that game. And the shooting feels real good. It feels real like accurate to what you're doing. So I like that too. That, there's a lot of games that are out there that the shooting is real bad. Yeah, we had a, a listener reach out to me over the week and ask me about Oculus because he had heard me talk about it on the podcast before. And I told him, I was like, look, it's I, I still don't think the VR experience is quite there yet in terms of like a like a console as a platform. I was like, but I will tell you that there are some crazy experiences that you can only experience this way. And if you're down for those, then I think it's always worth jumping in to do it. Just know that after like for me, after a month or two, I'd kind of done them all. You know, I, I like there's not a big enough pipeline, I feel like, to keep players being fed. Sure. Um, I'm not sure if he got it or not, but he, he did ask me. He's like, so what's the best golf game? I was like, none. They're all bad. <laughs> they, they haven't nailed that yet. The one I have now, golf as a golf plus, the PGA one is pretty good. But it's not great, oh, okay. but it's pretty good. Um, and they do, they do, they keep updating it too. So I'm enjoying that. But uh, yeah, I agree though. They haven't nailed golf yet. Uh, and then finally, I'm playing Disco Elysium because I was like, well, I listened to now that How Did This Get Played is now called the Get Played podcast, and they will be covering Disco Elysium in February, I believe. And it's a game I, um, I've i always been like really intrigued by, but never put the time in to keep playing. 
so I'm I'm back in that and I'm putting some more time into it and I there's just no other game out there like it. It's very unique in the way that like I literally lost health in a conversation because I was demoralized talking to somebody and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die again. <laughs> <laughs> like you can literally die in conversation. So uh, it really like um, makes you, it makes you second guess every choice you make, but also it has this, you have this voice in your head. You have multiple voices in your head and they're like these demons and they're always telling you, like giving you little like tidbits of information or like literally calling you out on doing something stupid or cowardice or braggadocio or whatever. Like it's always like, Hey, like you sound like a douche. <laughs> like when you said that and you're like, Oh man, the, my own brain is telling me that I suck. <laughs> uh, and then you lose like um, a different like status effect. You're like, Oh my God, I'm getting weaker because I can't handle my own conversations. It's very interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying, but, and I mean, the base of the game is you're trying to solve a murder you play a detective who is so intoxicated from the night before you lose your memory. And that is the goal of the game is to try to get your, me- well, <laughs> to solve a murder and try to get your memory back. Uh, and you can, you have a partner who you can try to let him know that you lost your memory or you can play it off as like being a regular cop. But a lot of your choices you have to make uh, don't really allow you to be smooth and convincing this other detective that you're a cop or that you remember who you are. It's very interesting. Um, but yeah, that's all I've been playing so far for me. I have, uh, man, I really wanted to start. Nobody saves the world. Uh, but then I kept just playing deep rock galactic. Gosh, dang it. That <laughs> game is so fun. Uh, it is ridiculously a ridiculous good time. And I, I did have one moment and I know I've talked about this, you know, game the last couple of weeks, but we did have a moment where, we called in our rescue pod uh, to get out after completing, you know, all of the mission that we needed to do. And, you know, this game is everything is, you know, randomly generated and <clears throat> you get in there and the rescue pod comes out. Well, where the rescue pod landed and then the little like ladder thing comes out or the ramp comes out for you to go up was literally over the middle of nothing. There was no ground underneath. There was no way to get to it for me, <laughs> who is the driller. So I don't have like the ability the movement abilities that the other characters do um so i had to like try to like drill like way 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 high up to like get over it like but i had to go (laughs) high enough that i could get like over where the area was and then try to drop onto the platform so i could actually get out and it's time you only have a couple minutes you know at the end of the round to get to it and i spectacularly missed <laughs> like i just like jumped out like i drilled way up jumped out going forward and just fell to my death on the way out so that was pretty fun uh you know we had people who were able to get on so we still got all the good benefits and rewards and stuff but you know deep rock galactic it is a really good time uh definitely more fun with friends but even by playing by yourself you get like this little extra robot guy who comes with you to help out um it can still be a really good game so if you have PS Plus or um, I don't know if it's still on Game Pass. I know it was on Game Pass forever and it was in game preview and all that good stuff. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, definitely more fun with friends, but even by yourself, you can still have a very good time with it. Uh, 
I think I am almost done with Far Cry 6 as far as like, I think I have almost finished the game. Um, I am, I think, have a mission or two left to finally finish up recruiting the last group. And then I think I'm going to be able to go and, you know, do the end missions. But I have no idea how long those are. So we'll have to wait and see how close I am. But still plugging away with it. Still surprised that every time I go in, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do story missions. That's all I'm going to do because I'm just going to get through this. Um, Not... I'm still having fun, but I'm just like, I, I want to progress through and get done. And, and I'm like, well, I mean, there is just a little uh, traffic checkpoint right there I could go get. So I'll just go do that. Well, here's this little ambush. It'll take two seconds to go do. So I'll go do this ambush. Oh, man, here's a military outpost. I mean, I'm here. I might as well just do it. <laughs> and then, you know, an hour and a half later, I'm like, man, I really should do one of these story missions I came in to do. Uh, so, you know, as the way Ubisoft open world games go, uh, still, though, kind of working my way through it. Really surprised that, you know, after starting the game and kind of falling off it and then picking it back up again, uh, I'm still pretty surprised that I'm still playing it. And part of it might be because I am kind of waiting for, um, you know, the uncharted games that are re-releasing this coming friday and then sifu's coming up and so i think this is just really tidying me over well and i think the timing of getting this done will fit pretty well with that so that might be part of the reason but um still having a lot of fun with far cry 6 uh the last game that i put on here uh is a kind of uh, i posted a picture over the weekend uh that i got my physical kickstarter version of orlog from assassin's creed valhalla um delivered uh, so I was like, hey, I'm going to open this up. I'm going to sit down. We're going to play this game. This is going to be great. Uh, the components for this game are bad. <laughs> oh, I'm no. just going to say it. They're bad. Now, I need to put the caveat of I am one of those people who, for many of my Kickstarters, probably don't read the updates as well as I should. So this is partly on me. I am owning that part of this is my mistake, but part of it is not. So when the when the Kickstarter first posted... And you could back it. I backed it like right away because I love Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have a good time playing Orlog. You know, it was 35 bucks or so to like back to like the lowest level kit. And I was like, well, not too bad. This is going to be pretty cool. The game initially was advertised as coming with wood bowls for rolling the dice. Then a few days after the Kickstarter started, they changed that to being hard plastic bowls instead. Apparently, I totally missed that update. So the bowls that are in the game are not wood like I was anticipating they're going to be. Uh, they are hard plastic and they are fine, but they're hard plastic and they're kind of carved to try to look like wood. And it's not great. The seams on them are pretty bad and pretty like out there. They come with like these like one of the stretch goals was like, hey, you're going to get these die cut felt liners. They're too big. Like you, like you try to like take the adhesive back off to like put them in the bowl to like reduce like the bounce and the noise, and then they like kind of fertile up on the sides and like it all creased and ugly looking. You're like, well, what the heck is this? The punch boards are some of the worst punch boards I have oh, ever no. seen. Trying to like punch <laughs> something out so you don't like rip off just all of the stuff on it, so you even know what the thing is, is yeah. darn near impossible. And as someone who has punched a ton of games in my life. I know how to punch a punch board, but this is like, I feel like I have to sit there with like an exacto knife and like cut them out. It's so bad. Uh, And it's just really disappointing. Um, I'm really, really happy that I did not. You could do an upgraded level to get like the uh, favor tokens that like give you the different powers. Uh, You could do an upgraded copy that in mine, they're just cardboard, but you could get them. So they were wood. You can't like, I've seen pictures of the wood ones. Like you can't even read them. Like you don't even know which one is which. Like, that's how bad it is. So 
I'm not super impressed with this. And literally, I was so like disappointed by the quality of it. I just like I'm just not going to play this right now. Like I'm just so. <laughs> and again, part of it's on me because I didn't read about the, that change with the wood to the plastic. But overall, just the rest of the components aren't that great. Um, and like I said, it's thirty. It was thirty five bucks plus shipping, so it's not like it was a super expensive game. But it really feels like a 1999 game that I Oof. paid thirty five plus dollars for. Uh, so obviously, like the very nature of how you play Orlog and all that stuff will still be able to be there. It's still something I'll be able to do. Realistically, you probably didn't even need this this game to be able to play Orlog, like, right? Like you had a few dice, you could probably have just made it work. Uh, so it is very much just a for for the fans type of a situation. Um, but I am pretty disappointed just on the overall quality of everything that came with it. Um, I'm not the only one who's disappointed. There are a lot of people who are pretty frustrated. Um, with what they got, especially people who backed at the, you know, $200 level that the game that they got was the same, but they got all these other add-ons. Um, <laughs> there's some people who are pretty upset, especially those who got uh, like the wood components, because like I said, they're literally illegible. Like you you have no idea what any of them say. Um, so if I ever back anything by Pure Arts again, I'm going to be very careful um, before backing it. And this is honestly one of the not a horrible like situation with Kickstarter. Like we've had some, I've had some bad video game ones. Um, this is the worst board game one I've had, but it's still delivered. I still got the thing. It's just not exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, and a little less quality than I thought it was going to be, but I still got it. Still could use it, you know? So it's not like it didn't fulfill. Um, just not quite what I was anticipating it was going to be. So I'll probably play it still here in the next couple of weeks. I was just really bummed after being so psyched to play this thing. And then being like, Oh man, this is not the quality I was looking for, so pretty disappointed on that end. But so if you see it in retail, because it is going oh, to retail, <laughs> just be cautious um, of of what you're getting is what I'll say. So, yeah. But hey, that's the nature of Kickstarter sometimes, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, so, yes. Yeah. Hashtag but. shoot Donnie in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is that a hashtag? All right. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that's not a real action that's the most industry. successful thing about that campaign <laughs> yeah that was that was rough so that was that's like a hundred dollars i'm never gonna see again but that's fine so yeah. oh boy i know how much johnny invested i don't yep. <laughs> i won't even bring it up <laughs> yeah so i know i know i was way less i know i was way less but i was like we were, we're so like misery there. misery all around it's just <laughs> yeah. a shared misery experience well, because I remember it was really close to like getting to like another funding goal. So that's why I like boosted mine up to a hundred bucks because it's like, ah, it's pretty close. Like I'll boost this and that'll help it get there. And anyway, we don't need to relive that right now. That's a, that's a topic for a different, that's a topic for a different day. Yes. Today we're going to talk about fun, exciting things. So we're going to change things up with Donnie, <laughs> with Donnie here. We are just going to really focus just on one, one topic tonight. So uh, again, board gamers, sorry, this is going to be a very video game centric show, uh, but there will be a small board game portion to it. I promise that much. Um, but really, there was a seismic shift in the video game world with Microsoft purchasing Activision, um, and we just want to give that the attention it deserves. I do think we're actually in a good shape that we're a little bit removed from when it happened, because um, when it happened, there was a lot of really hot takes, a lot of people not totally understanding exactly what this all meant, how are things going to go moving forward, and we've had a lot of interesting interviews that have happened and developments that have happened since that news broke Tuesday morning. Um, so really with that, I, you know, I wrote some things down here that we can talk about, but I just really want y'all to kind of go wherever your heart takes you as we talk about Microsoft's purchasing Activision thoughts, feelings, all of that good stuff. So we'll start with you, Donnie. When you heard the news, what was your initial reaction? 
Uh, I said, holy shit. <laughs> like out loud. I was sitting. I, I saw the tweet. The original tweet came from Bloomberg's business, like watchdog account. Not even not Jason or anything like that. Not even video games like their stock market. They have like a like a stock market account. And they're like hearing rumblings that Microsoft's buying Activision. And I when I saw it, probably Jeff retweeted it. That's probably what threw it on my radar. When I saw it, I was like, okay, so this will be the topic du jour for the month. You know, like people will start talking just like WB. Here come the rumors. Like everybody jump on the rumor mill. And then like five minutes later, it was like, no, this is legit. And when I saw the report, I, I I audibly said that out loud. My wife was getting ready for work. She thought something bad had happened. She's like, what? What happened? Who died? Like, what happened? I was like, no. <laughs> like, Xbox just bought Activision. She was like, you nerd. What a dork. <laughs> like she, You know, like, she had no idea what any of that meant. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was big news. Um, didn't strike me as, I don't think I was as shocked as the Bethesda. When I saw the Bethesda news, I was stunned. I was like, oh, my God, wow, like what a what a news story. This one didn't shock me nearly as much. And I think that's just because of the position that Activision has been in for the last two years. I mean, I didn't I don't think anybody was predicting that they were going to be sold, but I don't think anybody was bracing for a world where they did it. Like I knew some shakeup was going to be happening, like, you know, either Kodak had to go. Or somebody was going to merge with them or somebody's going to buy them out. So when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So um, and then I just immediately jumped into discord and, and started sharing. Um, so it was pretty shocking. It was pretty shocking. Just the 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 sheer size of the investment, right? The the money yeah. that came across. That was the the most shocking part, um, I think. But um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Agreed. I was sleeping. I took a nap after I dropped my son off at daycare. I took a nap. I slept later than usual. I got a quick shower. I went to work and then I looked and the world had blown up <laughs> for video games. Um, I, I it was very surprising. I But I also kind of agree uh, with Donnie as far as the Activision Blizzard thing. I think everyone was just collectively waiting for someone to save that company from Kodak. And it, he was like holding them hostage almost. Like just saying, I'm not leaving. Things will get better, but I'm definitely not leaving. And this was like that, like, hey, someone's here to save them. Even if it was Sony, I think it would have still been good. Like there was like, a, for me at least, there's like this want for these games that we love to be okay to buy again. And I know we went through this like weird full on year of like, how do we feel about supporting Overwatch? How do we feel about supporting Call of Duty? What do we vote with? Do we vote with our wallet? Like, we went through all of this stuff. I mean, it's, unfortunately, that's not going to go away because there'll still be other studios and companies out there that make us question that. But I, and, and this could be a misplaced um, relief. Maybe they don't get rid of him. I can't see that they won't, but like... No, they are. I think exactly. everyone is they like, are. hey, this is the sign. Whether he goes with a giant severance or he goes with a giant severance, he's going. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like we wanted the state of California to do it. Right. We wanted the, you know, right. the, the baptism to come from the government. And when that wasn't on the case, like this is the next best thing. And I remember yeah. when... When the lawsuits became public and that big write, remember that giant write up that that I forget who put it out there, but there was like 
20 source stories over like 25 years, like evidence to emails, not just, you know, uh, unnamed sources, but name sources, pictures, emails like, oh, this is this is guilty. Like, this is awful. Yeah. This is really, really bad. Even back then, I remember people were like, I just wish you know EA would buy them somebody because they needed there just needed to be an overhaul. And like, it's very rare that a corporate like entity gets to bounce back without some sort of major shakeup. You know, it's very rare. Like you get to rebound what that name means. You almost need to change the logo to change the mindset to get like that second chance. So um, hopefully that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, what about you? <clears throat> I was surprised only because this is not how I thought this would happen, not in the sense of Microsoft purchasing them, but I really thought that Activision Blizzard would try to stay, you know, independent, but maybe what they would do to get a good return on investor for investors and um, kind of hit the reset button and and maybe look at a corporate restructure was they would sell King or Mm. something like that where they would sell off like the mobile part of their company, which is making a ton of money. They'd mm-hmm. be able to get a huge return on investment for that. Be able to be like, hey, stockholders, look at how much money we just made you. Now we're going to go through this restructure and change things up with an Activision Blizzard of Codex on its way out with this you know, acquisition that happened, yada, yada, yada. That's kind of what I thought would happen is there to be something else. Because Even that after would the board backed Codex, I feel like I lost all hope when the board was like, nah, he's our guy. I was like, oh, this is they all got to go. Yeah, I think I think Kodak knew though that his time was still limited. Like I, I think for him, he was looking for the biggest golden parachute he could find. Because yes, right now things are he the board still has his backing, but they actually really haven't got a court yet for any of those. You know, like none of that stuff mm-hmm. has really started to happen yet. So I think for him, from my perspective, he was probably looking for a way out, but with as much money as he could, and by selling something like King. They could get a good return for stockholders. He could be like, hey, look at this. I think, you know, I've done everything I could. I gave you all a great return on your stock investments. I'm going to see myself out. Thank you very much for this very nice severance package since I just made you all a ton of money. Sure. And then he was going to ride off into the sunset is what I thought would happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of what I thought. Like way worse than that magic. (laughs) Yeah. As a human. (laughs) Right. So that's kind of what I thought would happen. And I... Personally, I just never really thought about Call of Duty being owned by Sony or Microsoft. That's just never something I really considered. Like I hadn't thought of, you know, a series of that size being becoming a first party series. Uh, So for me, I think that's why I was most surprised is that the, you know, the Blizzard side of it, like that's mostly PC stuff. Like, yeah, so obviously Overwatch, you know, is on console. And yes, like the Diablos have come, but like. When I think Blizzard, I think most people still think PC yeah. company first. Yeah. Um. So that seems like a great, perfect fit for Microsoft. So it seems like a really good place for them to go. The The Call of Duty thing for me was the big thing. I just never really anticipated that would ever become a, a first party. But then obviously with, you know, what, you know, Jeff has t- tweeted out and like the stories that he's written, um, like they clearly have worked themselves into a corner that they didn't have a way out of. You know, yeah. they, they needed to, um, they, they couldn't continue to produce the call to the call of duty at the level they were um for the money that was costing them they had to find out a different way and i guess this is the different way so they extracted all the blood they could from that stone yeah absolutely so so after obviously this happened there was a lot of knee-jerk reactions uh there was a lot of people saying you know this is 
people talking about like monopolies people talking about the end of playstation people talking about everything you can possibly think of when it came to um you know what the what this meant what do you think this does mean for the video game industry moving forward specific like where do you think uh these games are going to end up like do you think that microsoft is going to continue to um do Call of Duty yearly? Is this going to become a multi-year release? Kind of anything in this, you know, what what does the future look like that you want to go down? Um, where do you think we're headed, Donnie? I'm very happy um, that I'm here to talk with you guys. I, I kind of self-invited myself to the show because I always listen to you guys' podcasts, and I think of all of our podcasts, yours is the one that I I'm, I'm interact most with. Um, so I was like, well, instead of me just writing them a bunch of responses <laughs> the next day, like, let's just jump on and let's do it together. Um, because I really value you guys' opinions, both as PlayStation-centric players, but also um, like I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about Blizzard in particular, because um, that's like a, a piece of this that I that I don't feel as uh, as confident in my opinions on, especially like with Overwatch. You know, it was one of the first things I was asking Kyle that day. I was like, "Talk to me about Overwatch. Like, I want to I want to hear these Overwatch things." Um, so I I don't really have um, a firm a firm prediction, I guess, on where I think Call of Duty is going to go. Um, I, I, I definitely think the annualization of Call of Duty is something that probably has to end. And I think you see that with the sale. Um, you're talking about a Microsoft just bought 10,000 new employees. That's a ton of management and a lot of overhead. And if you were cranking out games year after year after year, um, that, that schedule just almost gives you no margin for error, which we've seen in the past when they've had to ship games without, um, you know, without campaign or like Vanguard, which I liked a lot, probably one of the more buggiest call of duty experiences I've ever had. Um, so I think in that regard, th- there needs to be made a resetting of the clock in a, and an adjustment of an expectation, uh, adjustment on, on that. I don't think you can continue to crank them out annually. I think what you can do is dedicate more resources to Warzone and mobile and let that be your annual thing um you know maybe plan you know like a semi big expansion or a drop every year and then do the campaigns you know every two or three years uh, apart um i hope at least that's that's my my hope because i think they would be better and i would also like to see call of duty get back to their storytelling roots um on the campaign side as a solo player i've played every call of duty and uh, i'm I've I've always said that I, I really like Call of Duty, even during the Codex stuff when everybody was saying all that. I kept saying, I was like, I know it sucks and I don't want to support him. And I hope like me buying the game isn't my vote that I'm supporting him. But I am kind of going to play Call of Duty because it's kind of yeah. I like Call of Duty. You know, I was always kind of wrestled. I always waffled with that because I was like, I know I'm not going to not play it. Like eventually I'm going to get it and play it because I always do. Um, So. What I believe is, I do believe that Microsoft spent $70 billion to try and move the needle. And I think Call of Duty absolutely will move the needle. So if they wanted to make it exclusive, I would understand. And I think they would find some success with that. That said, I also think that Call of Duty is too, it's possibly too big to do that too, um, in, in, in all the right ways. And one of the other reasons I wanted to come on the show is we had our show with with uh, with Jeff and I wanted I really tried really hard to like present the news really well in that show. And we didn't dive a whole lot down the speculation rabbit like hole, but I've got a bunch of it here that I wrote down for this show. I was like, this is like I wanted to get into some of those discussions with people 
And I think, I think it would behoove Microsoft to continue to dual publish Call of Duty on PlayStation and Xbox for a lot of different reasons. And I don't look at it as, well, they'll never be able to sell Xboxes or more importantly, they won't be able to promote Game Pass if they keep pushing it on PlayStation. I think there's absolutely multiple ways to kind of have your cake and eat it too in this situation. And I think you can really push Game Pass by publishing on PlayStation more than not. Uh, like in, in, in my head, I, I, I was, uh, we had like a post show that we didn't release where it was just me and dev just like hanging out and talking. And I was coming up with all kinds of things, man. I was like, well, obviously the marketing agreement alone is worth, it's not worth 70 billion, but it's worth a lot of money. It's like, it's very valuable just to start marketing call of duty like that. That's easy. Everything, everybody agrees with that. The exclusive maps, the exclusive skins, exclusive modes that PlayStation has enjoyed for the last 10 years. You can obviously reverse all of that. That's going to make a lot of casual switch like that's just that is the casual Call of Duty player base. They're going to move on that alone. So so that's that's also potential. Now, I will say one thing that I don't think has been brought up when a lot of people bring that up is Vanguard didn't have a whole lot of that. Vanguard right. was pretty much the same game on both consoles. Like at launch, I think PlayStation's got like some skins and stuff, but it wasn't like entire modes and stuff like it has. Been. It wasn't as egregious as before. So I think even Activision has realized like maybe that wasn't like the best business decision. So I think that's in- just something interesting to think about. But if I had my way and I was publishing the game, if I was Phil Spencer, I would publish on PlayStation. I would put Game Pass in the box of every disc sold. I would make people sign into Xbox Live. I would make them, you know, uh, tie their account, their PlayStation account to Xbox Live. I would market to those people. I would send them emails. You know, like I'm thinking of like how GTA has, you know, like when you log into GTA, you've got to log into your Rockstar account. Like Overwatch has a Blizzard account. EA has their account. Like I would do all of that. Like and then some. I would have in-game marketing. Um, And just because I think that awareness is almost worth it to keep publishing alone because that, that awareness, like just being able to have that sort of reach doesn't come cheap. Like it's not every day you can just do that. Um, so I would continue to keep publishing it on both. I know a lot of people are saying that, and I hope they're, I would love for them to be correct, that it, they're going to push for Game Pass to be on PlayStation. Right. I love that idea and I would love nothing more than to have that. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Sony's ever going to go for that or, or I do think the acquisition of Call of Duty is to try and push them on that on that issue because um call of duty is huge it's absolutely massive it's incredibly massive um i think people maybe don't recognize how big of a driver just this one franchise will be um if there's no call of duty on playstation obviously there's less people that's going to play it on playstation but that means there might be less people with playstation plus accounts with psn accounts that's less people that you're marketing to buy horizon and god of war 2 and, and skin packs and dlc pack. like it it reaches so much further than well they just won't buy the game anymore like it's so much beyond that so i think there is um, a calculated move here if you're trying to move the needle so like if you're trying to get playstation to play ball with you this is how you do it i mean this is really going to this will affect them uh whether they make it exclusive or not this will affect them so um, I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm with it. I, I, I do want to, I do want to say this before I give you guys the mic back. Um, all three of us own all three consoles, right? So I'm 100% sure that that's why I really don't care about this news a whole lot. Um, <laughs> because they, all they're doing is making my game pass subscription and my ownership of an Xbox better. 
And I'm totally down with that. And if PlayStation did the same thing, I'm totally down with that too. That's why I've got a PlayStation. Like these are companies that I want to support. These are products that I want to support. Um, so I, I think I, it's something, it is interesting to me as I, as I watch the meltdown on Twitter that we saw, and we saw some friends of ours with some, some hot takes. I'm not concerned for PlayStation and I'm not upset like with this consolidation really at all because, because the consolidation is happening to companies that I support. I would be far more upset if it was like Amazon owns call it. I'd be super pissed. I'd be big mad. I'd be really mad. Uh, Yeah, no, I'd be really, really mad if that was the case. Um, But I'm not because both of these companies I like. So I was totally, I, I, I find it interesting when I sit back and watch, I'm just like, just buy an Xbox. Like if you're that concerned about it, then obviously you should own an Xbox. And if you're like, well, I don't want to own, own our Xbox. Then I kind of feel like the answer is like, well, then you're probably not that concerned about it because I wouldn't be that loyal to a box over a franchise that I really liked, like a game. Like that's a whole separate thing. Like it's not just about like, uh, you know, like a console loyalty. Like if there was a game that I really, really liked and the example that I would give you is like Hellblade. Like when Microsoft was like, we own Hellblade. I was like, yeah. I'm going to have Game Pass and I'm going to have an Xbox because I love Hellblade and I can't wait to play the next one. Like if there was a game that I really, really loved, then you're just I would go for that game. And I think if you really loved a game, I think a lot of people are just going to you're going to get whatever you need to play that game on, Um, you know, like and I've done that a bunch, too. Like there's several games I've released as PC only games that I really, really wanted. And I don't like playing on my PC. I don't. I have an awesome PC. I can play most games better than I can (laughs) on my consoles. And I played them on my PC. Like I was like, I, but I want to play this game, you know? So like all those loyalties and things go out the window when there's a game that I want to play. So if they made it exclusive and you really like call of duty, well, then the answer is simple. Just have multiple systems, you know, like, like it's like, it's very easy in that regard for me to say that. And I, I think when you spend $70 billion, I think that's the point. The point is they're trying to come up with a reason, you know, for all the criticism they've gotten about, not having games or not having games they don't care about. They don't have the exclusives. They don't have the exclusives that I care about. They're trying to fix that. Like when you say those things out loud and that becomes the narrative, then you have to expect that company to try and change that narrative. They're not just going to go away and go out of business. They're like, well, you know, these people, the internet said we don't have any exclusives. I guess we just stop. It's like, no, they're not going to do that. They're going to go get exclusives. If that's your concern, if that's the their biggest, you know, if that's their biggest negative in the market, well, they're going to try and fix that. And I think that's what it, I think that's what Microsoft's trying to do. They're trying to fix that. Josh, your thoughts, sir. Well, I agree with Donnie on a lot of points. One of the questions, like well, that, Donnie brought up was the whole like uh, brand loyalty over console loyalty, and and I, it reminds me of all the times you questioned me on my love for Horizon versus my love for Xbox, and you often make me choose between the two of them. Um, and I almost always choose PlayStation because I know I wouldn't be able to play Horizon on Xbox. So I agree, like for Call of Duty people, they're just if if they're Call of Duty people, then if they have to buy an Xbox, they will because and if that's they are Call of Duty people, what they want. Chances are they already had an Xbox before too. Yeah, like maybe this isn't like new. You know, Call of Duty was yeah. pretty heavily on the Xbox back in the day as well. So there's probably yeah. a lot of those people that have had Xboxes before too. For sure. And I, I don't I know like it was all doom and gloom when this happened, but I know Call of Duty is important to a lot of people. I, I truly understand that, but I don't know. It was a little crazy to to be claiming PlayStation's done because they like maybe lost Call of Duty. And I keep wondering like, 
maybe I think the problem must be people who don't own PlayStations, right? Because they aren't seeing the value in a PlayStation with this. Because I can't think of any um, story-driven game that is better than any PlayStation story-driven game I played in the past five years. Like, pe- people must not be playing PlayStation, right? Because that's their big worry is Call of Duty is gone and PlayStation's done. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's not like Destiny is driving PlayStation sales. Like, I, it's probably... I know there's more PlayStations in people's homes. I think if you take the PS4 and 5 and PS4 Pro versus Xbox generation, so maybe more people have access to Destiny, but I don't know that Destiny is exclusively driven by PlayStation. I think everyone's playing on PC and Xbox. Um, But speaking of Destiny, one of the things I did think of was, yeah, it doesn't make sense for Microsoft to make... It's not Bethesda, right? It doesn't make sense for them to make Call of Duty an Xbox exclusive because of how much money Call of Duty makes. Unless, unless with the caveat, unless they want to push uh, an agenda and they have uh, the, yes. they have the bankroll to do it. Like if they want to push so, some decisions to be made, I guess might be the best way of putting it. Right. Then you definitely make it exclusive. I, yeah, if you're I, not uh, too concerned with that, then I don't think you do. Cause there's I no, think it makes there's no need bad to. guys. If they do that, I think what they should do is the destiny plan a year of exclusive Call of Duty content on Xbox. We've all, all us, all us Xbots have been mad about Destiny and Destiny 2's exclusivity since it happened. Like, uh, it, like by the time you got your one year content from Destiny, it was, it was invaluable because the game had changed three times, four times before that happened. They've done that with multiple games. I mean, that, that is yeah. definitely one of PlayStation's ways of, of, but if Xbox their, wants their to drive, people to come to Xbox, right? If Microsoft wants to drive people to come to Xbox, they do exclusivity for DLC for Call of Duty, whatever, on Xbox. And then, the time, and then the and then the PlayStation people get it a year later. You could do a time exclusivity on Game Pass period. Yeah. Every Call yeah. of Duty will drop 30 days early on Game Pass. And then everywhere else. And I think that'll drive people alone. Right. But we also now Kyle's laughing like uh, a well, child I, I who just, just smelled the poopy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I just because and this is like just a general statement about this because I've seen this said like in multiple places. Yeah, I love the fact of like when people the idea that like, hey, remember when this happened and we hated it? Let's yeah. do it too. Let's do it we too. Can now, <laughs> like that, I just find that hilarious. Of like, hey, remember when this thing happened and we hated it? Well, now we can do it, so we're gonna do it. I think like, it's okay. I think it's hindsight too. For me, I don't think it as a better like take that thing. I think of it as like, oh, I, now I get the business decision because I am fortunate to look at it from this perspective yeah. now. I'm not because I didn't, have a, they... I didn't have a PlayStation Four when they made the Destiny content exclusive, so I was like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? To be one hundred percent honest with you, I'm I not, get it. I'm not wishing that they do that to PlayStation. I'm I'm not looking at it like, oh, Microsoft, you're gonna stick it to the man, like. They could release the same thing day and date with PlayStation fully featured. I don't care. You know why? Because I love Game Pass. I have Game Pass and I'm going to play it. with. Like to me, the only marketing buzz that they really need is play Call of Duty today for one dollar on Game Pass. Like you'd be you'd be crazy to walk into a store and be like, I want to give you 70, 70 dollars for the PlayStation version. You know, like that's I don't I, I and it is very similar to like MLB the show. 
Like it's crazy that you would go and buy that game when it's like it's but it's on Game Pass. Even if you there's a there's a like a I would 100 percent I've bought many a game from Nintendo that I already own. So like I understand like you just like something you want to give them your money. But there is a limit to where like you're doing it at a disservice to yourself. You know, like, like with Game Pass, like you're like, yeah, but I don't like uh, I don't like Xbox. It's like, yeah, but are you really just going to keep spending your own hard earned money just because of that? Like, that seems like a silly line to draw in the sand when you could get stuff on Game Pass. Uh, so, but that, then again, assume somebody has an Xbox. Sure. Right. Of course. But that's again, that's the benefit of Game Pass, right? It's PC, it's phones, well, it's tablets. And it's not that PCs game, are super Xbox, easy to get right now either. Series S, it's Xbox One. It's, you know, like it's. It's way more exist anymore. attainable. <laughs> it was done secretly, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's more than Call of Duty, right? Like, that's really what we're talking about. The thing, that I'm, Call of Duty. the thing that I'm scared of, though, the thing that I don't want to see happen, honestly, is I would hate to see Call of Duty, um, like their market share suffer just out of like a, a dumb exclusivity agreement. Right. Like, hey, we're just going to lop off 60% of the Call of Duty player base. Just because like, I hope that just because comes with a better reason, Um, not just because you should do it, because the thing with shooters is that they are as valuable as the amount of players that are playing them. Like the thing that skyrockets Fortnite and Apex and PUBG and the stuff to to new places is that they're available everywhere and everybody can play them. And I definitely think I think there's nobody that I think disagrees that Warzone will always be there for everybody, you know, for that. I think more or less we're looking at full feature call of duty releases in the future yeah (laughs) interesting i think when i think of the impact this has specifically looking at obviously call of duty i do think it does have a significant impact on playstation if it were to go to exclusive purely from the fact not that people aren't playing playstation games but if you think about the fact that you know in 2021 the number one and number three best-selling games on playstation were call were call of duty so you are losing your 30% cut of the best-selling game on your system and the third best-selling game on your system that you then could potentially likely reinvest into your first-party studio. So there is still a impact there, right? It's not necessarily that people and like, all those, oh, uh, all those players have PlayStation Plus and they buy more than just the game. Oh, for you sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, there there is still that, you know, dollar value impact loss. Like, obviously, if as someone who, you know, is tends to play games on playstation first um if something is on game pass so it's not like i buy it on playstation <laughs> to then not play it on game you know like if call of duty if i can get it on on game pass i'm just going to play it on game pass then. Right. um so that is still like a revenue situation that they are going to lose some money on but there are ways that they can potentially counteract that i think having you know i think jeff grubb even is the person who said this like having like a f- microsoft first party game pass on playstation for 10 bucks a month I would 100% get that and then actually just get rid of my Xbox. <laughs> like, I would 100% sure. do that. And I'm sure Microsoft would be completely fine with yeah, that. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care at all. Let me ask you um, this. Because yeah. I, 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 I love that idea. It was a fascinating idea. He's floated that before. It feels messy. And, like, would you pay for a Microsoft first-party only Game Pass at the same exact price? Uh, not the same. Pro- well, here would be the question. That that's like have. weird, right? Because it's like you're getting Game Pass, which is still awesome. You're getting Call of Duty and Bethesda games and Halo, but it's like you're not getting anything else, though. Right. But here, I guess, would be the, the question would be, though, like, since I'm already 
a and i i'm guessing playstation would say no to this but maybe microsoft could figure out a way around it like obviously i have game pass ultimate right now i have i don't have it for i don't know how much longer that i have like prepaid through deals and things like that you know so that would be the weird part of like i might not do it right away because i have to figure out like when that would end but from the simplicity sake of like i don't really play all that much other like game pass stuff compared to most other people for me it really is majority like of xbox first party games that i play on there yeah now there are other things i definitely have played on there but for me it's not it wouldn't have a significant impact on my gaming habit if i lost those games gotcha um honestly most of the other ones i play are on pc right now like that's where i tend to play most of my other non-xbox exclusive games is on pc as part of game pass ultimate um so i probably am more open to that maybe than other people would be that i think it wouldn't have a huge impact on how i game i've been trying to thread this needle in my head um, cause on grub snacks, he said the same thing, but then even, even he got in it. Cause he's like, well, if they put all of game pass, let's say they just put all of game pass on PlayStation. And as like you said, then what's really the reason for owning the Xbox? If you can have all of the games and all of these other games on this, just one machine. Right. Yeah. And he was like, well, what would PlayStation have to give Xbox? And I'm like, now nah, you're getting mess. Now you're talking like a partnership. And that just feels like really far off. Like the way these yeah. two companies have talked about each other publicly. I'm like, I just don't see a partnership coming. Like it right. would be very easy. There's an easy talent trade here. It'd be very easy for these two companies to make a handshake. And they're like, you're going to put PlayStation now on our thing. And we're going to put, you know, game right. pass on your thing. <laughs> and like, everybody's happy. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I tried to come up with an idea to thread the needle. I mean, hear me out. All right. The game pass app is made available to PlayStation five. Right. Probably was safe PlayStation 5 exclusive in, in, in forward. It's streaming only with the exception of any game that Xbox chooses to publish in the store you could download and play. So, for example, Xbox could port Call of Duty to PlayStation 5 and sell it or you could stream it via the Game Pass app. But if you subscribe to the Game Pass app, you could download it. But if you wanted to play Halo or Gears or Forza, you would strictly be stuck to streaming. I think this does two things. One, it gives Xbox a foot in the door. It gives PlayStation access to Call of Duty. That probably quells the arms race. Like it, it lowers the missiles at each other. Like it's, let's calm down this missile crisis here and let's just go back to what we were before. But it also does kind of like another thing. It still keeps the Xbox like the focus if you're an Xbox player, but also it kind of makes streaming that much more important on PlayStation as they get ready for their next service. And they've had PlayStation now. It's like it's somewhere they're already there. So like if you subscribe to Game Pass and you wanted to play Forza and you streamed it, it kind of almost like serves as like a Trojan horse to maybe let some player start to adopt more of that streaming model early. I don't I don't hate that idea. So you're saying think, that I don't think you do Microsoft Studios games though. Because you still want people to go to Microsoft for that. And you, I don't think it would be crazy to. I don't think Microsoft Forza on PlayStation. No, no, no. I think I don't think Microsoft. Microsoft just wants the the Game Pass subscription. Like they want to be the Netflix of games. So what I don't think is, yeah, they don't want to publish Halo Infinite as an actual game on the PlayStation Store. You can right. That's not going to happen. So you make them stream it only. So if you've got somebody who's like, I just don't want to buy an Xbox, but I do want to subscribe to Game Pass. Like they they still have the avenue to do so. It just comes with the caveat. Well, you're going to be, you're going to have to stream this game. And maybe there's some people that are okay with it. Maybe there's some people that aren't, but it still gives Xbox the focus. Well, if you really like Halo and you really like Gears, like you, 
kind of have to have an Xbox. Right. I'm trying to make this good for everybody involved. I'm trying my best to like, how does this work for everyone? Where everyone gets something that they want and yeah. it doesn't really hurt anybody. So here, here would be, uh, and you're sticking just Xbox first party stuff. I'm thinking of the, the Game old... Pass app. Oh, like, yeah. as it so currently all stands, Game, Pass. Game Pass Ultimate, the app is available on your console that you can stream from, you know, just like on your Android right now. It's the same thing on, on your phone. You can stream it. But then if Xbox publishes a game onto PlayStation, like Minecraft, let's use Minecraft as an example. If you have a Game Pass subscription, if you went into the PlayStation store, you could download Minecraft for free because you have your Game Pass subscription. You could just download it and play it locally because you've, you're a subscriber. And I think that's the have your cake and eat it too. You get Game Pass on PS5, but you can still publish Call of Duty because I don't think Call of Duty people, they're not going to stream it. They want to download it. So you get you get you get both. I think where that gets messy is like, well, I want to play Rainbow Six Extraction and I don't understand. Got to stream that, it. Right. But I don't understand why who like who published you know like i say as an average gamer i don't know who publishes what you know and i think that's where that gets a little muddy as far as how that goes because you know since that's available in the store i don't understand why that's available in the store and i have to stream that one but this one's available in the store and i can download that one that doesn't make any sense to me no i'm with you the 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 first party only thing i don't think makes sense because they're not going to publish halo on ps5 as like a downloadable app i don't think I don't think you're going to see Gears of War 6. Just you can buy on PlayStation 5. So hypothetically, what if PlayStation was like, you know what? Yes, you can. We'll allow Game Pass subscription to be on it. We just get 30 percent. Yeah. And then you can download. You can publish whatever for download. We don't care. We just want 30 percent of everything. That is for anyone who's a subscriber, DLCs, whatever. We get 30 percent. Well, then the decision making part really for Microsoft is do we want to be a service provider or do we want to be a platform provider? Because if they go that way, then I think you and a lot of people will just be like, well, I've just got this one console that does everything. So and that's a I th- I still think that's the end game for Microsoft. I think that's where they want to be. Right. And that's to me seems like if I'm PlayStation, I'm still getting revenue. Mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, making money off of the games, off of the games that are on that service. And it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong as, as somebody who isn't as in with Xbox news, it seems like that's what Microsoft wants. It seems like they want to be in 10 years is going to be like Xbox gaming is Game Pass gaming. Like the yeah. Xbox thing is just not as a huge deal anymore. It's all about game. It's Pass. just everywhere. Well, I look at it right. a lot of the ways, like I look at how they have PC and Windows. Mm-hmm. They have Windows and they have Office and you can buy a Mac and you still get Office and you still get Office 365. You can get a Chromebook and you still get Office 365. But here's the thing. Microsoft still makes PCs. You can still buy one if you want to. Like if you want to buy their hardware, they still have them, but it's not their business. Their business is these services and these subscriptions. So I'm right there with you. I think 10 years from now, there could still be a Here's Xbox game services, and it's on everything you own. You can play it on your TV, or you can buy a PlayStation, you can buy a Switch. You can do all these things with it. But if you really want it, like we've got Xboxes, you can buy one of those too, you know, but they're not counting devices sold. Like that's not a core part of their business, which is what I've been arguing for basically since this started. I've been saying this for a while now. It's not a core of their business. Um, I'm sure they, they definitely count it and they would like for you to own one, but they're not building their business off of a reliance to push hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Am I crazy in thinking that PlayStation is not like, 
everyone's talking about Game Pass being on PlayStation. I don't even see uh, uh, Doctor crazy, Strange right? multiverse where this will ever happen. Why not crazy. I'm, I'm with, multiverses. with you. I, I don't think they want to allow this to happen. I don't no, think so. Sony do. won't do that because they don't have any motivation to do that. They know they're not losing the Call of Duty games they do now. because Phil Spencer has basically come out and say it at this point. Well, and the only people yeah. that were freaking out was well, PlayStation fans. I know well, it's vague what he said. I get it. I get it. He yeah. intentionally was vague, but yes. the implication is I still think, and I said this earlier, if Microsoft makes call of duty, um, console exclusive, Microsoft looks like the bad guy. And I don't think they want to do that right now. It's not Bethesda. It's not, it's not Starfield exclusivity. That's a very well, he's tiny al- percentage of Call of Duty players. He's already laid the bricks, though, for this. You you might be right, and I'm sure there is a part of me. I do want to say this. It was one of the things I wrote down. There is a part of me that likes to say this. Because of the market share that PlayStation has, there's definitely like this, because there's more people saying it, whatever right. that side of the argument is becomes the narrative, whether, you know, whether it's true or not. He's already laid the bricks for saying we want Bethesda games, all of our games to be where Game Pass exists. Yeah. So yeah. if he makes it exclusive, he can say like, we want to put Game Pass on PlayStation consoles. Like, so right. you know, but they won't less. <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. I think I actually looked at his statement as the first, t- he's starting to turn the heat up. Right. I, I absolutely, I, it was so funny because Kyle, you were like, everybody's looking at this as an olive branch. I was right there with you. I was like, this is not an olive branch. No, <laughs> this is the opposite of that. This is the first stone. Like it was literally the first calculated thing. Like, hey, we want to be the good guy. You're making us do this. Right. I can see that. That makes sense to you. But I, 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 I appreciate how successful Call of Duty is. And I think it's more and maybe long term Call of Duty does become xbox exclusive but really what i think this is speaking of footholds is tony hawk guitar hero these games xbox exclusive these smaller crash bandicoot spiral the dragon whatever they have like these smaller ones that are going to drive some of those fanboys to xbox is the bigger grab for at first right and if they if he wants to make this like sneaky assassin move where he I says would love to believe you a year but based on how crash exclusive. four sold i don't yeah. think so no but i mean i'm not saying like that's going to save them and it's not going to get them their money i just you know don't think it's going to get them their money candy crush is going to get them their money it's not going to push adoption 12 though. months no it, it's not going to push know, adoption call of duty is going to push adoption i agree i agree uh i think though i don't know I, I maybe this is probably my nostalgia kicking in but like the, the fact that even Guitar Hero is being set on the lips of men again. Makes me think like this is more peripherals, more licensed songs. Like I hope this they is, do it. This is a giant money pit for them also, especially what they can charge now for songs versus what they used to charge for songs in Guitar Hero. I still have my Guitar Hero Wii U yeah. and my guitar and stuff. It's sitting right there against the wall. And yeah, well, you'll have to sell it because it won't work on the new one. Well, of course. <laughs> well, I will say, though, Josh, you are right that, the, you know, I also am like, gosh, if anything happens of this, like the thing I want more than anything is for Guitar Hero to come back and not the new black and white Guitar Hero, like the old like five color. Let's go. But anyway, oh, uh-huh. well, that's just my <laughs> preference, because did know, you play the I, new one? I did not play the new one. I know it's really it. good. I've heard I know, it's I'm really with good. you. I understand why people hate it. But the guitar playing was actually mm-hmm. really fun. I actually like 
Guitar Hero had chords. It was fun. Yeah. I I the only reason I didn't get it is like I don't want to learn a new th- system. I'm too sure. old. Yeah. No, the, <laughs> which but, isn't true i could have 100 percent. they should not go back to it It was a complete yeah. failure do not do that but um I, I but they're like, one of the few companies that has the money to do it josh you yeah. know that's the big thing yeah. like they're one of the few companies who has the cachet and cash literally to be able yeah. to dump into something and it like works that. as a live service game for game pass yes you start small does. you start building a library you throw a song out every month or two like here Go download your free Hoobastank song on Game Pass perk, you know, like uh, it works for that. And you could do it indefinitely. They yeah. could do it in seasons. They could do it for years. You know, it could be the yeah. next Sea of Thieves thing for them. Um, but real quick, I'm just going to put a bow on Call of Duty and then we can move on to all yeah. the other things associated with this. You know, if I was making decisions about what I would do with Call of Duty in this situation, there's I think Warzone stays everywhere, like in per- like just moving yeah, forward. I agree. Yeah. I think Warzone, because it is free to play, like I think that stays where it is. They're still gonna be making good money off of that. Like that's really good. I even would and this is where people might disagree. I even think the multiplayer of Call of Duty goes free to play and kind of is packaged in with Warzone. So if you want to play Deathmatch, you want to play Search and Destroy, you want to do those things, that is all part of that Zombies. package. Microtransactioned, whatever. Zombies zombies is the one i could go either way on because i do think there are the people who like zombies love zombies and i could see that honestly just like left for dead like back for blood like that is something that i think if you had that in as part of game pass to market game pass i think would work effectively um but i think then that's where the campaigns live is in game pass like i i don't think i think those are exclusive those are if you want to play these campaigns you can come over and you can subscribe to game pass to, to play them and i don't think those go anywhere else that's what i would do um, but I also think that probably isn't going to happen until even would be able to happen until at least probably 2024, I would guess. Yeah, based on the contract, yeah. That people so are throwing out there. Yeah. I've seen that reported a bunch of right? whatever. So that's, I've seen it reported a bunch of different ways. The right. contracts that were signed in 2010 and 15 were for five years. I saw that it was renewed in 2018. The people have suggested it was for five years, which would put it to 2023. Right. But then I've also seen people say that they did one right before the PS5 launch, which could be for five years, which would put it right before 2025. I've, yeah. li- I've literally seen it a bunch of different places reported a bunch of different. I don't think. Anybody right. Knows. And I don't think anyone honestly knows for sure other than PlayStation, Activision and now obviously Microsoft. Microsoft. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So with the 2024 version of it, I think that yeah. one, it seems like it sounds like would be the first one that could not show up on playstation generally seems like the consensus but who knows that could be inaccurate too um so i i do think that you know and that's even if they still do them yearly you know who knows that that's going to continue yeah but the reason i think that it would be behoove and be good for the call of duty multiplayer to move and be attached to itself to warzone is because if you don't do a yearly release schedule like you are now the call of duty league from an esports perspective, needs something. They need to know what they're playing. They're the one league that every year has to change the game that they're playing. Like literally, the the, the kickoff for the Call of Duty League is this was just happening as we're talking right now. Like, so they're all playing Vanguard. Like, they need some sort of stability about like what that future for them is going to be. So I think that's why 
wrapping that in with that Warzone package um, because there is Warzone esports and then having that multiplayer suite in there, I think would really help support the Call of Duty League more effectively than what is happening right now. And they could actually build like an actual like competitive mode in it because there really isn't one and hasn't been one in any of the recent releases because it's just it's so fast that the new one comes out, the new one comes out, the new one comes out and the developers don't have the time to put in competitive. Like they just don't. So the mode that you see people playing in the Call of Duty League, you actually can't play in multiplayer on in Call of Duty because it's not possible. So I think that would be really helpful for them to do. Um, and then that is also why I think it'd be helpful to have that just everywhere. I like this idea a I lot. Do. I just wonder, like, does it, I mean, obviously, I mean, that would be a drastic change to their model. It would. It would be a very drastic change, but I, I think it would be really helpful just across And I think it would really help then be very clear about if I'm on Game Pass, here are my benefits to Call of Duty. I get the bombastic campaign. I get the awesome zombies mode. I get those fun, cool experiences, both a single player thing and a multiplayer thing that's exclusive and a benefit to me being part of Game Pass. But if I just am a Call of Duty fan and I like watching the Call of Duty League or whatever else, like you still have this thing that's available. Um, And then that way it works really well on PC that way too. Obviously, there is Game Pass PC, but it makes it just very clear um, across PC, PlayStation, like all of that stuff. That's kind of what I would do. I like it. I like it a lot because you do Warzone, you do multiplayer, but then, yeah, you do campaigns and zombies. That's a good balance. Yeah. Because, yeah, like I said, I think that also then helps get a good return on investment. Like, as a Game Pass subscriber, you are getting significant benefit, but as Microsoft and trying to get some a bit more money, like, boy, those free-to-play games, whew, battle passes, all that stuff, like, you can you can make a good good chunk of money that way. So Yeah. Um, okay, so outside of Call of Duty, then. Yeah. Blizzard, other dormant IP, what are what are thoughts there? So I think you do the same thing with Overwatch. <laughs> That's, I really <laughs> wanted to come ask you. Like, I don't think you make Overwatch. I think you kill Overwatch. If you made it exclusive to one platform, it doesn't make any sense to me. But my question to you is, what does this do for the next Overwatch? Because there was like an Overwatch 2, but yep. th- but then there wasn't. But it's was going to be, but it was going to include all the maps and the characters from the first one. If you had the first one, you could play against people in the second one. It didn't seem to make sense to me as a non-Overwatch player. I mean, I played it on Switch and I liked my weekend experience with Overwatch, but I'm not an Overwatch person. To yeah. me seems clear as day if Microsoft comes into this and Microsoft's like, no, 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 we're going to do an Overwatch 2. We're going to have a new product to sell people. It's going to be in Game Pass and we're going to publish it everywhere else. It'll be on PC and I would publish it on PlayStation. Um, that would be if that would be my take, but uh, I don't know. I'm not plugged into that community. I actually would do almost the exact same thing that I just mentioned with Call of Duty is what I would do. If I was running Microsoft, that's what I would do with Overwatch because how it was going to work is basically Overwatch and Overwatch 2 are going to live as two separate products. Overwatch obviously is only a multiplayer game. So when you played PvP, you were playing against everyone in Overwatch 1 and anyone playing PvP in Overwatch 2. Those were all going to be one pooled together. And then there was this PvE element of Overwatch 2, the story mode, basically, that you had to basically purchase Overwatch 2 for. To me, that goes to Game Pass. That stays separate. Otherwise, Overwatch multiplayer is just a ubiquitous. You transition to free to play. You start building in battle passes. No matter where you are, you can play Overwatch multiplayer. But if you want the PvE stuff, that is a Game Pass thing. I'm 100% with you with that. That makes sense. My question is, how is Overwatch doing? Because it seems like it needs a jolt in the arm. It does. It desperately does. So wouldn't like, you do that with a new release versus well, trying to resurrect? Like I say, you just Overwatch, as you know, it goes away. And here's Overwatch 2 and it's the new Overwatch and everybody's got to buy Overwatch again. You could just say it's Overwatch 2, but I think you go free to play for the multiplayer. 
so that you wouldn't have to buy it again. Like, sure, maybe everyone has to download Overwatch 2 instead of Overwatch. But sure. what was going to happen anyway was that when Overwatch 2 released, even if you were still on 1, you were going to get all of the updates for the Overwatch 2 multiplayer for free. I like so these really ideas. The, so, like, all of the new heroes, all of the new game modes, all of the new maps, you were just going to get. Because me, that let, was... Let me riff off of you here for a second. Yeah, go for it. Free-to-play... Call of Duty multiplayer, free to play Overwatch multiplayer. Everybody's happy. Like, because most people, the, the thing that we say all the time, everybody's like, nobody plays the campaigns, just Donnie. Right? right. So everybody's happy. They're playing the games wherever they want. I'm going to take a step further because I love Game Pass. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, you automatically get the Battle Pass. Yeah, that sounds great. I think that, yeah, absolutely. I think that 100% could work. Or you have like Game Pass only tiers or something like that. 100%. Yeah. I think you can if absolutely you work- do that that into like wow and that into overwatch and that into call of duty and it's like man like you can play it for free but you still need to subscribe to game pass like because you're just you're just if you're putting your money in anyway you might as well and i think it works especially well in a game like overwatch where like literally the only thing that changes is the cosmetic stuff like you don't earn extra abilities you don't extra skills there's no slots to earn there's no like custom loadout like none of that stuff it literally is how cool do you look and i could then play against somebody on xbox and be like man look they look so cool uh if i had game pass i guess i could get that cool skin that's a bummer well maybe i'll go get game pass like i'm still able to play the game still able to participate at the full level still able to potentially beat people but they just get to look way cooler than i do i mean is that i think for a lot of people that's a pull right that's yeah that fits I'm, you're 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 still the good guy because you can still get to play the game but hey look at all this cool stuff you could get if you came over and played it as part of game is pass. this enough does Microsoft have enough stroke here to make PlayStation waive their fee for crossplay? I think so. Potentially. With Call of Duty, it's like, hey, we're going to keep Call of Duty. Like, if we take this Kyle approach, we're going to do these multiplayer games. And we're going to keep publishing them in your system so you can keep making those money. You're going to get 30% of all the transactions that you guys get. Yep. But you're going to waive that crossplay fee for us. Yeah. I think we're going to be the can't start there. We're going to be the biggest multiplayer thing on your system. So, 100%. 100%. That's good stuff. Josh, you're definitely more the expert when it comes to Diablo and things like that. Yeah. What 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 do you do with Diablo? I, the same thing you've always been doing with Diablo. Uh, it plays great on everything it's on. Uh, I mean, think the Switch is a great example of that. Uh, Diablo three really plays seamlessly on that. They got a huge audience from the Switch on that, and again there's no reason to talk exclusivity with like a diablo we're already looking like i don't even have any confidence we're gonna see diablo 4 for a couple of years <laughs> we haven't seen diablo immortal yet and we should have seen yeah. that two years ago uh so you know i think ultimately for me a lot of this comes down to what's going on internally at blizzard and i don't you know only a few people know and one of those people is Mike Ibarra, who coincidentally has a lot of experience with Microsoft. So uh, it's probably the best uh, pairing for two of those people to be working together. But um, I don't have any confidence in the Diablo brand right now. And it's really just stems off of studio heads changing, developers changing, all this gross inner turmoil at Blizzard. Just get us the games. There's no benefit for them to to keep it away from PlayStation, honestly. But Diablo's going to be PC first. 
It's always going to be that way. And we could also be living in a world where it's only PC. Maybe Microsoft goes, well, you know what? We're not really going to lose a lot of Xbox players if we don't put Diablo on there. So let's not even put it on the PlayStation either. Make it PC only. And that's our exclusivity. So now you have to go Windows or Apple or whatever to play your Diablo. Let's get the consoles out of the picture. Maybe they bring it to Switch after, like whatever the next iteration of Switch is. So it'll actually like uh, be competitively running. Because, I, I mean, we've seen some stuff from Diablo 2, and it's definitely pushing um, current processor limits, or at least processors from last year's limits. Uh, who, uh, you know, you know how computers are. Every three months, it's like going to the moon and back again. Um, so I think like Switch Pro or Switch 2 or whatever we're going to get would be a good example of like, hey, you get PC or you get a Switch. That's the only place you're playing Diablo, unless you want to play oh, this, mobile. This is the first one that I strongly disagree with. Yeah, I think strongly? Diablo. <laughs> I think I think Diablo will be 100% a, a Game Pass exclusive. Maybe they port it years after the fact. Well, Game Switch, Pass maybe. PC, I would say. Game Pass, I think it'll be Xbox you think console? and PC. Yeah, I do. I don't see it coming to console at launch. I don't think a, a single Diablo has come to console at launch. I mean, I could see that. I could see it going first on PC and then showing up yeah. on Xbox. And then maybe, maybe after people have played it and it's sold and everything, maybe it gets ported to Switch. Maybe. Right. Those companies are working well to each other. But that's one that I, I if I was like a PlayStation only player and I was really love Diablo, I'd be... I my I would be encouraging the person to switch. I'm like I don't <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen for you, guy. I don't think that one's gonna you know that one that one is squarely in the Bethesda realm. It's the same thing I think about Doom and Elder Scrolls. It's like if you like those games and you're going to need a PC or an Xbox. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was uh, I was saying. PC exclusivity. Yeah. When I okay. was saying that, like I just I think it took five years for Diablo three to come to the Switch. Like it's not yeah. something we're going to see. Yeah. Concurrent okay. release. All right. Any other things topically we want to cover with this? Obviously, I, I don't think I don't think we talked about King, which I don't know if anybody wants to talk about Candy Crush at all. Um, I do think this obviously is a huge way for you know Microsoft Game Studios to get on your phone, and obviously I, they're going to be making a lot of revenue off that. But other things, just topically, anything else about the Microsoft Activision purchase we want to discuss? I have a bunch. Let's do it. I want to take all of your time. I do want to. You wrote down. What was your first? Did Microsoft overpay? I think is a really interesting topic to discuss because um, when you look at like what they paid for Bethesda and then what they paid for Activision, I think it's real clear. I think you even saw Kevin in the Discord like almost the instant knee jerk is to be like, "Oh my god, it's way too much money." I know they got Call of Duty, but like, come on. I I, I think they actually got this at a pretty decent deal, um, and I wouldn't have said that actually when they first saw it. It's only later when I saw it and I started doing my notes for the show mm-hmm. when I realized how much of a money maker Activision is. It's it's different than Bethesda where they sell games. Yes, they make a game and they sell it and it has like your normal selling. Activision is a cash cow. They sell games every day. They make so much money. I had no idea. Warzone makes five million dollars a day. Candy Crush made a billion dollars <laughs> like Activision is expected to rake in $8 billion in revenue this year. That's the down, like they're on the downside. So they got them at $95 a share. They have it traded as high as I think $110 a share. Had none of this Codex stuff happened and they didn't want to sell. 
I think the price to acquire Activision Blizzard would have been somewhere near $130, $140, $150 possibly a share. And I know $70 billion is a lot of money. We're talking about the difference between $70 billion and like $120 billion. Like it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a much bigger, different amount of money. Even if you deannualize Call of Duty, I was thinking about it this way. Let's say you cut Activision's annual revenue in half. They rake in $4 billion a year. Like, where does that put you in 20 or 30 years? Like, you're still making a crap ton of money. Like, they just, they're just, it's hard to put into reality, I think, for traditional console gamers that are so focused on, like, copies sold, how much money Call of Duty, Candy Crush, and Overwatch, like, how much money these games generate because of their, like, constantly being played, constantly being service games. They just generate so much more money than like Animal Crossing, you know, like Animal Crossing. Everybody's like, it sold 30 million copies like they would kill Animal Crossing to have Warzone. Nintendo would absolutely kill Isabel to like do that because like Animal Crossing does not make Nintendo five million dollars a day. It's insane. A day. Um, that's that's just crazy. So I, I, I think there's arguments to be made for both. Obviously, it'll depend on how Xbox stewards over Xbox and Blizzard um, in the long term. But if you're looking at it from a long term play, which is I'm 100% what you should be looking at, like they didn't spend $70 billion to recoup it next year. They're looking at it long term. If you're looking at long term, I 100% think Call of Duty alone, honestly, Call of Duty alone, the single franchise, probably makes up Microsoft's money back pretty quickly, like generally being set, you know, 20, 25 years, probably makes their money back. Yeah. Um, I think, real briefly, just to touch on that, I think they. I, I genuinely think they overpaid for the current state of Activision Blizzard, but they underpaid for the potential. Oh, for sure. For so sure. That's kind of, I, I think it's kind of both. Like Activision Blizzard is available at the price it is because of all the crap that's gone on. And as a result of that, I feel like it shouldn't even be worth what it is now, mostly because of what this means for all the people who are going to get their golden parachutes on the way out. There's nothing I can do about that. So that's just frustrating to me. I'm like with you're you. Giving- but even in its current state now, they're bringing in $8 billion. Like it's, it's so hard to wrestle with that. It's like for all for sure. the turmoil and everything, like they're still just like printing money. For sure. But they still did pay a premium on the stock price, right? It's not, yeah, they are they still did. paying overpriced for stock. Yep. Um, and obviously that's because the market's going to react as soon as it's announced, the stock's going to go up, et cetera, et cetera. But they definitely, you know, underpaid, I think, for the, as you said, the prime Activision when they are pumping in all cylinders and, and, releasing great games and doing that, then I think they definitely are going to be making their money worth. So kind of both just the state of the situation right now. But yeah, I think more importantly and more valuable even is it further solidifies Microsoft's position in the marketplace that they will always be until they decide to sell off their division to some other conglomerate. They will always be a player in the video game business like this. This solidifies that in a way that none of their other acquisitions have and in a way that even Xbox Studios with like Gears and stuff like the fact that they are just now the places for Call of Duty like that further just cements that they'll be there. They'll always be a player. Well, and and I think that comes with value on its own. And I I do think that it was interesting that you know they mentioned that they're like, "Hey, we are going to be third now, you know, with this acquisition, probably actually second because you know, Sony lost 20 billion dollars worth of market cap after this was announced. So they probably are actually second now. Uh, but definitely ahead of Nintendo. So even if they are still third, they're ahead of Nintendo. They're a bigger player now technically than Nintendo is even. With the chicken little sky is falling stuff, that's the thing that I kept, I just kept wanting to bring up to them. It's like, there's like a strong hesitation 
from PlayStation centric fans to possibly like accept a world where Sony isn't just dominant. Like if anything, this just makes them competitive with Sony. Like they bought Activision to like compete with them. Like right now, they're not really competing. <laughs> like like this, they're competing in the U.S. is a very nice competition, but globally, they don't really compete with Sony. And I've talked about this. I feel like at nauseum on PSVG and the Xbox Empire is it's very easy to dismiss. You look at the console wars, you look at these two numbers, and you're like, these are how these two these two companies are direct competitors. It's like, but they're not. PlayStation owns Japan and they own the UK and they own most of Europe in a way that Europe that Xbox doesn't. Nintendo owns Japan. Well, I mean in this <laughs> I mean in this theoretical for yeah. these two brands. Like true, these two true. brands as they duke it out. PlayStation is so much more, you know, proliferated throughout the world than Xbox. Like it's just yeah. really a competition here in the United States. Um so for this, I think these brands that Xbox bring in with the power that it will add to Game Pass, it really just brings them up to a what I would say almost like an even playing field. Like they're right there. They should be competitive with PlayStation in most markets now, at least in terms of a value offering. I don't expect them to make up significant ground um, in Japan, for example. But I think the offer of like what they're offering the consumer is somewhat competitive now. And um, I just... I never understood the whole like, oh, my God, Sony's in so much trouble. It's like Call of Duty could just leave PlayStation completely. And I don't think PlayStation's in any need of like they're in no trouble. They're fine. I want to get Josh's thoughts on this in a second. But real quick, just to interject, I think it is it, it is important to keep in mind, though, that when, you know, they were talking about like, oh, we are now like third in revenue. Theoretically, though, it, you might be removing the biggest and third biggest revenue generator for PlayStation from them as far as games sold so yes you're like oh well now we're third but you're kind of like counting some of the same money because you're like this yeah, is money well, you're that hoping we are getting. some money leaves and comes to you right yeah so it, mm -hmm. yeah you're third but once the full nature of this acquisition is finalized and we actually start seeing it acting out are you really still going to be third i think it's just an important thing to think about but josh your thoughts is does this make Microsoft more equal or where does this put them as far as their placement with PlayStation? I don't know that it really moves them too much as far as competition goes. I think you have an Xbox for a specific reason and a PlayStation for one as well. But yeah, I think it makes people question maybe. Well, I mean, it's really hard to lump the Call of Duty player into a category besides Call of Duty player. So, like, where do we see them playing other games? I don't know that that's ever talked about, um, unless there's, like, surveys out there that I'm not reading. Like, oh, and I want to, like, wind down. I play Stardew Valley after 15 hours of Warzone. Like, I don't know what the Call of Duty player is playing, but I just, I don't know that for me, and I think, like, we talked about this earlier, about, like, this announcement not really moving the needle too much for certain people, like, I could have easily seen Sony buying them as well. Like, but honestly, I didn't see anyone buying them. To be very clear, we even would have made that giant prediction in our prediction episode. Like, we didn't even dream to dream this big for acquisition-wise. True, we didn't. <laughs> so it's it's pretty huge. I I just don't see. I don't have the foresight to see Sony like PlayStation gamers to freak out. I don't have the foresight to see that. It doesn't make any sense to exclude them from what you said is their first and third most revenue-driven thing. And Donnie talks about all these 
options to make it work on both consoles. And obviously, if Donnie and you were talking about these things, there's clearly people at Microsoft talking about how to make this work. And there's definitely people at PlayStation talking about how to make this work for them. It just depends on who's making that decision and what are they thinking? Is PlayStation saying, okay, we're just going to accept the fact that we lost Call of Duty because we don't want to allow Game Pass on our console? Or are they like, how do we make this work for us? Let me let me jump in here and just I want to piggyback on that. One of the things that I wrote down, and I would love to hear what you guys think about this, because I've told you what I would do if I was Phil. Let me tell you what I would do if I was Jim. I call their bluff. You want to know the single fastest way to devalue Call of Duty is to make it exclusive to one console. I absolutely yeah. there is a part of me that would absolutely call their bluff. Now it would hurt. It's gonna hurt PlayStation. I it Call of Duty is a needle mover. Yeah. Like when Black Friday happens outside of COVID. When consoles are on shelves, somebody's going to walk in one day and if they make it exclusive to Xbox and like you can only play Call of Duty here, Xbox is going to sell consoles like that. Just that is that's a fact. That's a reality. Yes. I don't think it's a needle mover to the point it's going to make PlayStation go Sega like something like that's way too far. (laughs) It's not that much of a needle mover. That's where I say competitive. Now, I think we're in a world where PlayStation is not outselling Xbox four to one. Maybe it's like three to two, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's 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 a little bit closer, like they're competitive. But if I was Jim, there's actually some thought here to just call the bluff, to use your perceived advantage as market leader. We know they've sold more PlayStation 5s and Series series consoles, but it's it's very early in this generation. And last generation numbers, I mean, they don't they still count if those people are still playing, actively playing, but those numbers will count less and less. So for me, I think if you're looking at it from a market analysis, those numbers are out the window. You're a new generation. The single most damage you could do to Call of Duty literally is to make players like stop playing, make it exclusive. It's just Halo now. Now you can only play it on this one console. There are less people playing. It becomes less valuable. So I think there's like a card to be played there. It's not just like Microsoft's like you will have Game Pass or nothing. If I was Jim, PlayStation, I'd be like, fine. If you want to turn your back on all this revenue and all these players we've cultivated for you over the years, be our guest. What if they brought back SOCOM as like a competitor to Call of Duty? or if they just walk across the street and they strike up a deal for Battlefield or anything else. Right. Like there's honestly, it's just the oh, man. It's PlayStation's going to buy EA now, aren't they? <laughs> I haven't heard that opinion yet. And it strikes me because a lot of people are like, what is Sony going to do without Call of Duty? And it's like, that actually is the biggest, the quickest way to hurt Call of Duty to make right. them feel it too. So I just don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's all going to come down to ego and pride and competitiveness and whether or not these companies can like, there's a route where they can hurt each other and there's a route where they can both make money and it's going to be up to them where they can, where they pick which path to go on. We know um, where that path is going. <laughs> Jim goes, the PlayStation buys EA and then Jim calls yeah. up Phil and is like, Hey, you want Madden? Make sure we have call of duty. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very funny that, that you could sit there and say like, you know, let's say 50 million players play call of duty worldwide every year. And PlayStation bounces out, and all of a sudden, fifty million becomes twenty-five million. Like that's not good for Xbox. <laughs> like that's not right, good right. for them. They just paid seventy billion dollars for this. You know, like that yeah. doesn't work. So yeah. there, you know, there's there's two sides to this coin here. Yeah, suddenly five million dollars a day becomes two point eight million dollars a day. You know, yeah. like and that twenty year making your money back becomes forty years, and yeah, exactly for sure, for sure. You said any others? Anything else that you want to chat about, Donnie? 
um, I've got one like fanboy console war thing that I want to get into with Kyle. And then I've got okay. one like actual <laughs> like market analysis thing that I want to talk about. So let's start there. So let's say Call of Duty does become exclusive. I think it was the first thing I was talking about in our Discord. Like, what would PlayStation do? Like, this Killzone can come back. You you mentioned SOCOM. Um, I think Dev was right to point out that there's no replacing Call of Duty. So his idea was like, you just don't try. And I right. think there's some there's probably some some wisdom to that. Um, but what it does make me think, so PlayStation has snapped up like five or six studios like the last year. And it does make me think that I expect PlayStation will be reactive. They're not going to buy EA. They're not going to buy Ubisoft, I don't think. Um, but I do think that all of a sudden they could like make Ember Hole. They could make Haven Hole. They could make Firewalk Hole. Like they could start working with these studios that they already have money into. They already have exclusive projects. I think there is a push here. Activision is so big that like like Nintendo did with Level Five. So like Level Five last year wanted to sell because because of the environment. So they went to Nintendo and they're like, we're going to sell. So if you want to keep, you want us to keep making Luigi's Mansion games, like you got to buy this because we want to sell and make this money and Nintendo snapped them up. I do think there might be kind of a a defensive purchasing strategy going out now because we're starting to run out of studios, like just studios that can just be contracted (laughs) for support, like just even to bring in folks. So if PlayStation had eyes towards a remedy or something smaller, like now's the time to move. And I wouldn't be, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised at all if I see PlayStation make some acquisitions. So those are who I had in mind. I've got a couple bigger acquisitions, but I don't want to just hog the microphone from you guys. So what do you got? What do you think about Sony going proactive and maybe start shopping themselves? What do you think, Josh? I mean, I think it's a natural move, right? They, and I think actually they do it more for the fans than they do for themselves. The people, some people who have invested in PlayStation want to see their reaction from Sony more than I think Sony feels like they need to react, especially if they are like comfortable where they are. Obviously, like knowing they're losing as much money as they are doesn't probably sit well with them. But uh, also, like confidence in a company is also what drives sales. So if you want your consumers to continue supporting you you have to show them you're doing something, even if it's like an olive branch of like Bandai Namco or something. Although that's probably pretty big, right? So maybe Remedy, like a smaller... A major yeah. acquisition. Like Remedy or someone smaller like that. Um, I just don't... I don't know. I also see the flip side. Like, I don't know that if you're Sony, you're just going to buy acquire someone to acquire someone without an I look at it more investment as, purpose. I look at it more as when you see what's happened with Zynga and Bethesda and Activision Blizzard, and we've heard that WB is shopping. There yeah. is a point now where I think now the scales have tipped. And now if you want to continue, if you want to solidify a future partnership and you want to be able to work with somebody, now you have to look at acquisition as the primary means sure. of ensuring sure. that future outcome. So it's to me, it's more like defensive. You're more or less acquiring a label to ensure somebody else doesn't. Because if but you don't, somebody else probably will. What's going to be that big enough? Like, I just don't see them not, acquiring someone that's going to be like. I want to be clear. It's not to compete with the Activision sale. Right. I'm just looking at like I would 100% predict that PlayStation will make an acquisition or two. If I said, if only to make sure that they have. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing that I was thinking about. Um, Destiny right? Bungie. Last year, Bungie 
said it was pretty publicly they had a public interview where they're like we're having a really really hard time bringing on support developers they're right. all locked up with contracts and stuff and you've seen sony they have like these smaller support studios they're not as big names as the gorillas and the sucker punches but they depend on them for these projects they bring them in now would be the time to make them whole to right. just we want to lock you down we're buying you out we want to ensure that, would be huge if that when that. we call you you're there um, and I think that's more what I'm looking at. Um, so like I said, Ember Lab, right? Like Kenna was a big hit and they showed pretty big chops. And if I was Sony, I wouldn't want anybody else potentially bidding for them. So yeah. I would buy them out now. Bungie would be huge. I agree. Bungie would be a really big swing and maybe it could be close because people associate, uh, destiny with Activision also. So maybe, uh, getting Bungie in like that. I think like, Bungie's right for acquisition to be quite pull. honest with you. I yeah. think Bungie is right for acquisition. Honestly, if I had to put a short list of like next targets for Microsoft, Bungie would be near the top of that list. But they, they wanted to get out from underneath that umbrella. I, I know, but I think what's happening is I think the landscape is making it hard for independent yeah. AAA places like Bungie. And I think what they want is they want to keep their independence to like run their studio, but yeah. they need a bankroller. Um, I would hope that it's a third party, like they get another big publishing agreement. But like that interview with Bungie was pretty telling. Like yeah. they took on investment from like, was it Tencent? Netties. Give them like Netties, yeah. It was Netties. Netties. Like, yeah. Yep. See, like they're they're looking for investment. They're having a hard time hiring support studios. Like that seems like the situation where like all of a sudden a buyout becomes likely, I think. Yeah. That, that yep. they at least they're probably having conversations. They're probably that you judging what that would look like. I would I would guess. I, I would agree. And I think you see the need with PlayStation's most recent acquisitions with Valkyrie and even with Nixus. Yeah. Like, they're buying studios basically for support studios. Like yep. they literally are just buying studios to help yeah. produce the games they already have in production. And, and how many support studios worked on last of us? It was like a bunch. Yeah. It's like a dozen or something like yeah. that. Uh, so I, I, yes, I think PlayStation is going to continue to acquire studios, but I do think they are going to be very pointed, specific acquisitions. They're not going to, People are like, oh, buy Square Enix, buy Capcom. I don't think those things are going to happen. I don't think even PlayStation is interested in making those things happen. Um, because also, they have to worry about, like, if they get into, if they go for a publisher, is Microsoft going to be like, yeah, but we can pay more. You know, right. like, and that's just a thing that they can do. Um, so I, I think that Ember Lab is a great suggestion. I think a lot of people believe that Ember Lab might be a, a target, especially with since they had started in animation um, and PlayStation and Sony Animation Studios are, are, are really doing some good quality work as of late, um, even bringing them in from that perspective. I think Ember Lab is a good selection. Um, Arrowhead, I think, would be good. They're the folks who made um, Helldivers. Um, I think they would be a good acquisition and, and something that supposedly rumor has it they're working on an exclusive for PlayStation right now because Nobody really knows exactly what they're working on, but that's kind of what the rumor is as, as to what they're working on. Um, I think going with something like, oh man, I'm just, I just blanked on it. But another option to sidestep that for a second, I think it would be tough because obviously there's some conversations right now about you know having um, deals in place with um, Xbox. But if you can get Kojima Productions to solidify the, hey, we care a lot about um, you know our Japanese game studios, um and, and making japanese games i think that would be good uh even if you can buy the and this is i know this is also one of those things that the rumors have been there forever trying to solidify something with konami if nothing else for your, their ip um right, i think that makes a lot of sense i i think that would be helpful like obviously you'd have to build a studio around that but, but it would be cheap. really yeah I, I i think that that would be helpful 
Uh, and really, the other thing then is Arc Systems works of locking down a fighting game studio. You, yeah. you have purchased um, Evo, like you have clearly made a commitment to fighting games. Um, and I think that having like being the home, and if you can lock down exclusivity on Street Fighter Six, which that's really up in the air. People, some people say it is, some people say it isn't. If you can lock that exclusivity down without purchasing Capcom and then lock down Arc Systems, whew, that you know you have really kind of cornered that fighting game community then for for quite a bit of it other than smash and then if they decide microsoft decides to continue with killer instinct which it sounds like rumor has it is it is happening so yeah, it seems to be like it's in the works but i mean yeah they basically did that with street fighter they basically just killed fighting games on xbox yeah so that's i mean i think those are some good ones i think remedy's too big i think remedy's way too big um i think actually remedy isn't remedy publicly traded but I think it's like 400 employees. Like I think Remedy's a really big studio. Um, a lot of people said Sumo too, but like I think Sumo is huge. So I don't know that they want another Sumo big studio to get into. So yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of what I would say as far as what would be acquisition targets if I was in charge of PlayStation. It has been hit or miss because they've closed down three or four studios as well. So I've yeah. been strictly in, in the PlayStation side. It's fun to think of, well, if they bought Square, if they bought Capcom. You have to remember that none of these people are just readily attainable. They have right. to want to sell. Yep. Um, like Activision wanted to sell. They started shopping. Did you see the report? They tried to shop to EA. Yeah. Talked about an Activision EA merger. Um, so like they have to want to sell first. And I don't think like if you're Square, there's really no reason to want to sell right now. Like you're in a sweet spot. <laughs> Square is pretty good. Yeah. Konami though. Konami makes a lot of sense. Konami is by all accounts like mostly out of the game business but mm-hmm. they have a lot of gaming heritage and you could acquire the rights to those ip without taking over the corporation probably and that's compared to what xbox just spent considerably cheaper like much right. much cheaper so i think that makes a lot of sense and also like with square and capcom if you can continue to work exclusivity deals you can kind of have your cake and eat it too you can have the games that you want to drive the market without buying them out so it's not a not a good use of PlayStation's capital yeah. in my mind, unlike these support studio targets. Yeah. I think another thing that I might do if I'm them, too, is inc- like they already own a, min- a minority share in Katakawa who owns From. I might bump that amount up a little bit of how much of that I own just to ensure that From games will you know still readily be available on our consoles on the future. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go and what they do with that. Um, one topic that I definitely wanted to get into because I find it, uh, it is good fanboy war stuff. The thing that I keep seeing, like this recurring theme online, is that um, PlayStation does it the right way and Microsoft does it the corporate way. And I find a lot of like I laugh when I see these types of things. I see it; it's happening on Twitter right now. You don't have to go far to find it, where you see these fanboys argue. Play, you know, they'll be like, PlayStation doesn't just buy companies and take games away. And they have, and they do. They're like, yeah, but they worked with them before. So, like, it's not as bad. And it's like, it, it almost implies that there's like some morality or integrity to this that like PlayStation, you know, abides by. As if PlayStation, if they had the money, wouldn't have bought Activision. <laughs> like, they absolutely would have. I, I 100% believe they would have because they would have been smart to do so. <laughs> As you just said, their games are number one and number three on their like it would have been smart for them to do so. Right. So and just in in the in the spirit of trying to maybe hopefully our listeners will hear this and maybe just hearing people have a fun conversation 
about these remarks. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys really believe that too. And we can actually argue over it, but I don't think you guys do. Um, does that stuff ever, do you ever see that? Does it ever bother you? Cause it's like, come on guys like that. When I see that stuff online, you see it with the YouTubers, right? Like Destin's yeah. fanning those flames. And then you've got other people who are like retorting him and doing his, I'm like, guys, this is nonsense. This is absolute nonsense. Like these are corporations. Like they want to, their job is to proliferate their brand and their market value. Like that is what they're doing. You know, like, so this whole right wave, wrong way, good, evil type of thing set up, I just think is silly. What bugs me is when I see people talk about it, knowing that they have reach and knowing that people who read it will just uh, believe what has been posted. And I I, like a lot of, a few of the things were like, one was like, um, Shoot, what did they compare him to? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, they compared him to. I, it keeps going in and out. <laughs> I know it. It's going to come to to my brain when I say this. Um, one of the other things was they were talking about Microsoft's lead encoding stay on for a year, and I'm like, that is not what is happening. Like you, when you buy a company, you don't negotiate firing someone before the sale goes through. They, yeah, Microsoft doesn't own them yet, so yeah, they, they don't have actually, any control over they, that. They actively can make zero changes to Activision until the deal goes through, or the deal right. won't go and through. And he can decide, or his board can decide to fire him, or or whatever that chart showed of all his like it was a funny plans, or murder there was a, him there was because a, apparently he'll get money. <laughs> there was a two-hour period there when the news was coming out, where it was like, where Bobby Kotick will stay on as CEO, and people were yeah. like damn it, Microsoft, like, how could you let this happen? I was like, guys, they're not going to let him stay. Like, that seemed to be, like, maybe the most odd, like, no corporation would. That's not me being an Xbox fan. Like, no corporation would buy them and keep this giant wart of the yeah. company on board. Like, nobody would do that. It's like, come chill out. Like, he, he's gone. He's This This is what happens when takeovers happen. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. It, it was all doom and gloom. Everyone was posting like, this is horrible for the gaming industry. One of the worst moves made for the gaming industry. Like, it's just, I don't know. We talk about it a bunch. It's just a move made in the gaming industry. And it happened to be, oh, they were comparing the, the Xbox to the Yankees. All oh, those posts. Oh, I that. Microsoft yeah, no, that's just wants, true. I believe wants in that. to buy all, like, I get it, but like, that's just... We like Donnie said, it's a business. This is what people do in businesses. We could probably look at all businesses as evil if we want to put every business yeah. under the oh, same true. microscope. 100%. So it just depends on who is in the slide oh, under the it's, microscope. It's like this. It's not as like it's definitely not as far as like virtue signaling, but it's like this weird way of like I don't know, like personifying like this brand or either brand as like one of being. I didn't like, I guess the, 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 the thing that I'm wrestling with is like this associating one with like, like I said, like good, you know, like, like of, of having integrity or something like that's a right. weird way of like, you can only buy a company if they've published three games with you and not anybody else, then it becomes a good thing. But if they've published a game with somebody now, it's a bad thing. Now you're evil. It's like, that's really, really, I don't know that the word that I'm looking for, like, frilly dumb <laughs> it doesn't make like nonsensical it doesn't make a lot of sense to me i i think and let me be clear that i i think that playstation doing things the quote-unquote right way and xbox doing things the quote-unquote wrong way is a, a dumb argument uh i don't think there's any weight to that at all uh 
I will say I do think it's different when you buy a studio versus you buying a publisher. And I think that would be true if 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 PlayStation did it too. If PlayStation bought Square Enix, I wouldn't be thrilled by that. Like, yeah, it's cool if you're a PlayStation gamer, but when you're buying a publishing company versus Insomniac, who you had to give money to for X number of years to put that, that then you publish the games on your platform. To me, those are different things. Um, and for better, or for worse, like Microsoft has the money where they've been able to buy two significant publishers in the last two years, whereas PlayStation's acquisitions have been for the most part, individual game studios that they have had contracts with for a very long time. That doesn't mean they haven't worked with other people. That doesn't mean they haven't published games other places, but those have always been in the support of another first party, another publisher, something like that, right? Not saying it makes it better or worse. I do think it feels different, though, when you are purchasing a, a public someone who used to publish games on multiple platforms versus buying a studio who published the game on whatever platform paid them the money to do it. So I'm all for PlayStation buying Square. They spend enough money making sure that Square games are primarily played on their platform anyway mm-hmm. for me it's like just buy the cow <laughs> quit buying <laughs> yeah, the milk just buy yeah. the cow like it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me and that is one thing with the sony side of it because it is interesting like right or like they don't buy games that are published elsewhere it's like yeah because they they give all those people money to make sure their games don't show up like they do that a lot like playstation has a lot of exclusivity deals so like they're funding to make sure that they're not so it's like yeah they didn't buy the games take it away it's because they funded to make sure the games weren't there to begin with um so i, I kind of see those as the same thing like you could say like in terms of the way i look at it in terms of a publisher right third party if if they're buying if you're buying exclusivity on games on franchises if you're like final fantasy will only be played here you mm-hmm. know or or death stranding will only be played here at street fighter you're talking about of all the third party games street fighters only be played here it's like well those are the same things those are they're at different levels don't get me wrong yeah one costs billions and one costs millions but yeah. at the for us those are one of those are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, I, I do think it depends a little bit though on the company you talk about in those situations, right? Like when how, when they were funding Housemark games, it's not like Housemark was also publishing four other games on four sure. other platforms. Like they were working on a game for PlayStation at the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, those are very well picked examples of Capcom who published games in many other places, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I, and like I said, I I think that. They're going to do whatever they can from a business perspective to be as competitive as they can, period. Microsoft has the ability to buy Bethesda, go with Warrior. The thing that's fascinating about that is I very distinctly remember earlier that year, there were rumors about PlayStation purchasing Bethesda. And everyone was like, no way, it's not going to happen. PlayStation can't afford it, yada, yada, yada. And then we started seeing all of the all of the exclusivity deals coming out with all the stuff that I was like, oh, Maybe so. Then people were like, "Well, maybe there was conversations going on." I think there like, was. You I know, think that came uh, out like they were yeah. shocked. Like Microsoft made them an offer, right. and they took it to PlayStation. PlayStation, yeah, decided not to go forward with it. But I mean, they were right. shopping. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I don't like I said. It, we're <laughs> arguing about whether a billion dollar company or a trillion dollar company is doing it the right way. Well, clearly they're both doing okay because one's a billion dollar company. And see, that's the thing <laughs> again here because I have all the consoles. That's the thing I really like. I'm totally down with PlayStation buying Square. You know why? I got a PlayStation 5. Right. Like, I've got a machine for that. And I'm totally down if Nintendo wanted to buy Platinum or whatever. Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. cool. I've got that. I'm not cool if Tencent's like, we're buying 
Capcom. Like now we've got serious issues. <laughs> you know, like I don't know how many more of these folks I've got or if Amazon, you know, buys somebody like that. I don't know. It, it that feels different for me because the difference is that these companies are part of this industry. So those companies if, aren't. If Tencent then bought Capcom, but also released a box for you to buy, oh, would God. that be okay then? <laughs> I don't know because we're supposed to hate Tencent, but I'm not exactly sure why. Well, but Chinese, I just know like that's, that's the, the overall thing. Yeah, yeah. So no, I wouldn't like it. Same thing for Google. And I like Google. Like that was the thing with Stadia. I wanted them to enter the market and really enter the market. You know, but now after seeing what they're doing, it's like, no, absolutely not. And it sounds awful. Do you imagine if tomorrow we woke up like Google's bought EA? That would be awful news. I can guarantee like if anything, one thing, I'm gonna get a Google ad after what you just said Google ten times. <laughs> <laughs> but like we I, I don't know. I just I want these game companies to stay. I hope that Apple doesn't buy Nintendo. I hope we don't end up with the same conglomerates in the video game space that we see in the entertainment space and the music space and the cell phone space, you know, because yeah. like we're starting to run into where we have these same players because they're just so big that they can't be kept out. So part of me like really likes that this ended up with Microsoft in that regard. And I think I think I would say the exact same thing if PlayStation had bought them too, um, in that regard. But um, I don't know. I guess that's just the way I look at it because I'm I'm concerned. I'm somewhat concerned that like the streaming access, the ability to deliver games at a very like cheaper rate than manufacturing consoles, like that future that's on the horizon could lure in an Apple to right. just buy Nintendo or lure in, you know, an Amazon to just buy EA. They're like, you know, what will really set off Twitch and Amazon gaming if we just own Madden. <laughs> like can we just make exclusives like i don't want that to happen at all yeah you know that sounds awful so i hope that playstation and xbox are are i think xbox is and i think playstation is from a more conservative just because they're they they're so much more successful they've earned that market advantage they're using it but i think both of them are playing in the same game where they realize that their futures aren't as like solid as i think they may have thought they were 10 years ago because you think of like this metaverse stuff and all the stuff that's going on across like the industry and all that like you're attracting the eyes of facebook you're attracting the eyes of amazon like all of a sudden what you do has become very valuable and uh we've seen it happen to other industries and i i personally just don't want to see it happen to this industry i really don't i can understand that Agreed. i can appreciate that i mean microsoft is still the yankees but <laughs> Right, well, but at least they're like in the league. Reference. At least they're in the league, though, right? It's not like an expansion league that starts up and then buys all the major league baseball players to play somewhere else. Like, at least they are still in the league. Yeah, I just use it because I know Josh hates that reference. Hey, so. the Yankees don't win every year. They don't win every year. No, they Yankees, don't win most years. The Yankees suck. <laughs> <sighs> Any final thoughts on the this acquisition slash... I mean, I guess it is an acquisition. It almost feels like you should say merger, but like, it, I mean, it definitely is <laughs> an acquisition. So, yeah. yeah, it's definitely yeah the answer to CEO of was it Xbox Gaming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As of June twenty twenty three, good for him. Cool. All right. Well, that listeners, we're going to move on. We're going to make some predictions here about who Microsoft is going to buy this week. I mean, just about what we think is going to happen between the time we record this podcast and a post Tuesday morning. So that uh, Donnie, do you have a prediction right here? Or would you like Josh and myself to go first? I do. And I'm going to just piggyback off of what you guys are saying. Um, Cause I know your predictions. He's wrote them down. So I, I immediately went to the calendar and started coming up with ideas. 
my original idea was going to be Grand Theft Auto Five Remastered gets delayed. Just mm. 100% off of like the mess that they just came off of this fall. And sure. I was like, maybe they should give that more time. But I'm going to go with another thing. I think Evil Dead, the game gets delayed. Huh, yeah, oh, that that's seems likely. <laughs> it's coming out like right after Horizon in this giant month. It's like, you know what, Evil Dead? You should probably come out like mid-April. Probably be like much better off for you. Because yeah. I don't think anybody's going to give you the time of day if you release it yeah. your current scheduled time. Also, we talked about it last week, and Kyle's like, "Isn't Evil Dead coming out in February?" And I was like, "Oh my god, it is!" And we nobody seen knows because no they haven't play. <laughs> they haven't like tweeted or said anything. Nobody knows. Yeah. We've seen nothing from that game. I agree. Awesome. Well, my prediction is: guess what? I bet <laughs> Gran Turismo Seven gets delayed, and it will be my prediction until March gets released. <laughs> is well, that when it's I supposed to come out? Is March? Yeah, March I think 4th. it's March. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, I'm with you. Josh. Maybe March 2023. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds shaky at best. Yeah, okay. I, I can't see that game coming out this year. <laughs> um, I would have changed my prediction. I was going to do a, a delay one too. You know what? No, I'll stick with the theme. We'll stick with the delays. Uh, my prediction is that Forspoken is going to get delayed uh, after the previews, which were good about some things, but lukewarm about some others. Yeah, I think shaky. they're gonna. Takes take some time to push that one back a little bit to kind of clean up some of the things that they heard that people weren't thrilled about. So I think we're going to hear about a forespoken delay. So that's what cool. I think. Cool. Well, with that, we're going to move towards wrapping up what I think might be the longest episode of our show ever. Uh, but we do want to leave you with one recommendation for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced life. Donnie, as the guest, you get the choice. Do you want to go first or do you want to go last? I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Sure. Uh, you should order in from your favorite fast food restaurant. That's definitely Wendy's. <laughs> and you should watch the. You can neon- order in Wendy's where you live? Yeah. How? DoorDash and Uber. Oh, we don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and you should watch the neon soaked psychological thriller last night in Soho which I watched last night and was excellent. A great film it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. It made me really happy that I bought the movie. Second recommendation is, and this one's for this one is because I'm podcasting with Kyle. Uh, I like the documentaries quite a bit and it's something that I'm always looking forward to finding new recommendations from Kyle on. And, but it's strange with me because my wife loves this true crime documentaries that I'm not like, I'm not completely in on, like, I don't like them just for the sake of them. I only like them when they're bizarre. And this is the thing that I found. Like, I only like wild documentaries. Like I need like true feats of man or just crazy bonkers, like wild stuff. And I watched a documentary. It's not crazy wild today, but it's called um, in some kind of heaven. And it's on Hulu. It's about these old people that live in the villages in Florida. And there is a dude who like just gets high on drugs and like going through some stuff. And there's a dude living out of his van and they're like 80. And he's, and he tells to the camera, he's like, I'm trying to hustle some old woman for her money. And so she can take care of me. And he's like, brush his teeth out of a water bottle. I'm like, this is wild. Like this is, this is real life that's happening. And you see this, here's the thing. I'm going to tie this back to gaming. I, I knew what the villages were, but I never like seen it. And I'd never known. So like the villages, they have like this whole giant retirement like city, right? Where they have their own everything. It's like their own bubble. It's like the Truman Show. Like they're living in their own planet down here of this land of the old people. 
And here's, I swear to you, this is exactly what I thought in this order. I sat there and I thought to myself, and I'm like, I wonder what that'll be like when we're old. I was like, I wonder if they'll have, I wonder if they'll have like video game spaces and like podcasting booths and stuff for us. And then I said, oh, we'll just do that online. We're not going to have a community for that. And I kid you effing not. I said, oh, that's the metaverse. Like, like that's what it's going to be. Like, we're going to do all this stuff online. And that's, that's kind of what this whole metaverse thing is about is like how yeah. this world coming up in this age is going to live virtually like uh, these presences, right? I don't necessarily think it's going to be avatars and real estate, like, you know, like everything is going for, but like we do are going to have these very heavily internet connected social lives, especially I think as we get older. Right. And I was just like, Oh man, like it just, I was shook. I was like, can you imagine just gamers online, you know, 80, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be like those cows that they put the VR headsets on. And we're just right? going to be sitting oh, yeah. in a chair with a VR headset on, and someone will be cleaning up our poop. During podcast, <laughs> we'll be doing podcasts on Twitch, playing yep. Call of Duty on Game Pass. Like, you know, it was wild. It was wild. So definitely get you some of your favorite food and watch some entertaining television programming. Well, I will do that. Thanks to Donnie, I do have last night. And so also, I do plan on doing that at some point this week, which I'm excited it's really to do. Good. I made the mistake of watching Eternals instead of that. So I'll do a twofold recommendations. I recommend you skip Eternals unless you are <laughs> committed to the cinematic universe. In that case, um, just watch it with low expectations. And my real recommendation is uh, go see a concert if you feel safe to do so. Um I did go to a concert. I well, I should say we talked about this before. I did skip a concert earlier this last year because, well, late last year because I was uncomfortable with the way COVID was and there weren't any mask mandates and etc. This time, uh, the venue required you to bring your vaccination card and an ID or get tested before you entered. So I felt much better. It was also wearing mask the whole time. Um, there's also a delayed concert. So our seats on both sides of us were empty, which was nice. There was fewer people, um, but it was a great show. We saw Evanescence and Hailstorm and Lilith Czar was the opener. It was a great show. It really made me feel excited about going to shows again. I haven't been to a concert in I can't tell you how many years. Um, so it was really nice. It was a lot of fun to to experience that at an advanced age. I sat down the whole show. I wasn't up or in right. anything. So it was much more I'm with casual. You. I'm back, I, dude. I'm balcony guy now. I'm I'm yeah. on the hill guy. Like I don't I don't have that those youthful feet legs anymore. But, but it was I still, still nice. like going. Yeah, I, I got fun. um. I have tickets. I told you I've got chili pepper tickets. Yeah. Yep. And I'm very excited because the Strokes are playing, and I've never seen the Strokes since one of my favorite one of my favorite bands. I've always nice. wanted to see them live, so I'll get to see them. I'm taking the whole family. Um, we're going in the middle of summer. It's outdoor, and I hope we're at like a low point. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that's kind of the hope. And uh, I was very excited because we were first row, like balcony, oh. like like we're first row on the balcony, which I think would be I love those great seats. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. A perfect seat. So front row, same, same, same. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, awesome, Kyle. Hit so, us up with your documentary. Uh, it's actually not a documentary this I, week. Um, <laughs> damn it. Dang it. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I, 
I mean, I will say again, if you haven't watched Cheer, whew, I love Cheers. Cheer, <laughs> where everyone knows your name. No, uh, but my recommendation. I don't think I. I don't think I've talked about this. Uh, but I have started to watch Superstore on Peacock, and I'll be honest, I didn't know this show existed. I had never heard of this show before. Uh, and it's pretty good. I. It's not. It you know, is. I don't. I'm not quite as endeared to the characters as i have been with other comedies but i'm already in like season three i really like it i think it's funny i think anyone who's ever worked a retail job whether it's a big box store or not can relate to the things that happen in this show uh and i think that the it's the characters are great i love the boss like i i think overall the show is pretty dang good so if you're like me and had just slept on it i never heard of it for some reason uh i think checking out superstore on peacock definitely worth the time uh so that Donnie, thanks so much for joining us. Anything you want to plug or tell listeners about before we wrap up? No, no. Continue supporting all the great things around PSVG, board with video games, listen to PSXP when they release, and come check me out on Plays of Video Games. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, sir. We definitely appreciate it. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at board with 3G, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at board with VG at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag board with VG, including Orlog. So please use that hashtag as well at all your social media so we can see what you're playing. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S on Steam, PlayStation Network, and uh, what is that console? Xbox. You can find me there as well. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.